What is up, everybody? This is episode 14 of DWC, week 14 of the NFL. Only got a couple more weeks to the playoffs, and everything is getting crazy. We got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about um, this episode. We even had to leave some stuff off for next episode. I'm telling you guys, the next episode is going to be crazy. We're going to get into some contracts, and it's going to piss some people off for the uh, advice <laughs> that we have to say about teams and their organizations. But let's go ahead and, oh, make sure you guys can listen to us uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and everything else that we are out on through RSS. But Spotify and Apple Podcasts are our main ones. So hopefully you guys have those. If not, quick and easy download. Um, make sure you put in Defense Wins Championships. I know we're DWC, but you got to put the whole name, Defense Wins Championships, in to the search bar. And then you can listen to us where out on season two and we're going to continue to do that season three will be on live stream on youtube on camera so we got some big things planned for you guys and we can't wait for season three um but let's go ahead and get into the noteworthy games of the week we're going to start out with the thursday night game the seahawks and the cowboys oh yeah hey i have been a adamant seahawks non-believer for weeks Actually, the whole season, because I really don't believe in Geno Smith. I think he is an average QB in this league, and he's not going to do anything, like, major. But I will say, to my pleasant surprise, because we did hit our parlay on this game, mm -hmm. and we were expecting a lot of points, a lot of yards. Um, the Seahawks showed up in this game, and they're the first, quite frankly, the first team to show up in the Dallas Cowboys stadium this entire year. I know that sounds mm -hmm. crazy. But this is the first loss by a team or like six point seven point or under loss in this stadium for the entire fucking year. And we know the Cowboys play a lot of home games. Um, so the Cowboys have been super dominant at home. They really the big story was they haven't played anyone worth it. Um, and obviously, I think both of us probably agree. They really haven't played anyone worth a shit at at that building in uh, Dallas. God, I was like, what the? Why can't I? <laughs> it literally says it in the name Dallas Cowboys. Um, but yeah, I was surprised the Seahawks showed up. They were actually winning the entire game, and this is the first game the Cowboys had trailed at halftime in that stadium. So I was surprised. Gino was hooping. He did have one major mistake at the end of the game, the interception. Mm -hmm. That kind of turned the whole momentum of the game. But, I mean, like, it was a great game. We needed this. We needed this type of game on Thursday. The Thursday night games have been a snooze fest. Al Michael, I think I heard a little bit of life from him in this game. But, yeah, it was great all around, I think. Even had the corpse fucking waking up. Yeah, Al Michaels was not sleeping on the mic for this game. <laughs> Too much going on. Yeah, um, speaking of that, we definitely did hit – on uh, it was our first parlay. I don't know when we started this, but it wasn't like the start of the season, so we haven't been that down bad. But we've been down bad. Um, it was our first. We do parlays on the night games. Um, we really need to start keeping track, like on a spreadsheet. Yeah, typically it's like plus a thousand or better. So there are higher odds than usual from what you've seen on like Twitter and stuff. But we did hit on our parlay. It was Dak Prescott, 250 passing yards. Geno Smith, 200 passing yards. 
Dak throwing over one and a half passing TDs. CD, um, 70 yards, 70 receiving yards or better. DK, 50 receiving yards or better. Jake Ferguson, 25 receiving yards or better. Tony Pollard, three receptions. Jackson Smith and Jigba, 25 receiving yards or better. And Dallas Cowboys, minus four and a half. Um, Mike McCarthy, respected coin on the end of that. Um, on that third down, could have easily ran, got the first down, and finished the game, but decided to do a throwing, <laughs> a pass, and that uh, did not get completed, and they they kicked the field goal. So they were only up three. So when they did that, they're up six. So Mike McCarthy respects coin. That shit was gas. Um, yeah, this this whole week, and we're gonna dive more into the rest of the games, but this whole week, uh, last week to me was, if you could categorize week 13 for a bunch of these games, it was standing on business. DK stood on business. If you had any, any hope, any bets, any prayers for Deron Bland to get that DPOY, he ain't getting that shit no more. He got cooked. DK Metcalf had an amazing game. Um, three touchdowns is wild. Yeah, three touchdowns is wild. People, la- I swear, last week was like the most multi-touchdown week. So many people scored two or three touchdowns. It was fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, it it seems like the Cowboys, like if you have multiple weapons, it could be troublesome for the Cowboys' defense because, I mean, the Seahawks' offensive line isn't crazy. I mean, Geno's still getting sacked, but it, it seems like if, if the wide receivers can make a catch in open space, they're going to get extra yards. Um, they got great weapons. Yeah. Both of, I mean, both these teams have really good weapons. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of... for the Cowboys... Like facing the, the Eagles or the 49ers down in like playoff time, they're gonna have to like lock their defense up because if the Seahawks score in 35, the 49ers better score is fucking 70, bro. Yeah, I <laughs> I mean the Cowboys have been they've always kind of been that team though, in my opinion. Their defense is always like solid. But they'll have games where they let up like 30 to 40 points just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like their D line is good. I don't think their front seven is that great as a whole. Like no. their linebackers aren't great. I think their back end is very like I don't know how to say this, like momentum built in a way. <laughs> I feel like they have to have something or have a they have to start well. Mm-hmm. Like start fast in that secondary group to have, like, a complete game. Because they didn't start fast in this game at all. Uh, Deron Bland ended up getting an interception, and that was what really flipped the momentum, which was big, and that's what's needed out of defense, is if you're allowing a lot of points, you need to get turnovers. Mm-hmm. So they made it happen when it mattered, but that is going to hurt them against the better teams in the league. Like, the 49ers, I mean, ultimately the 49ers are just a different breed. They don't typically turn the ball over. They're good in every facet of football for run game, passing, short yardage plays. 
Their defense is really good. Probably the best in the league, talent-wise, especially added Chase Young. So, I mean, yeah, the Cowboys definitely need to get their defense figured out before they play the 49ers again. I don't know. The Seahawks, to me, though, like... Ugh. Like, yeah, they showed up in this game, but was it because they played horrible the week before and they didn't want to get disrespected again? To me, like, why can't we see this type of Seahawks offense every week? And the common denominator to me is Geno Smith, right? He's just inconsistent. Well, the the thing is, like, you can't, for the Seahawks, in, like, moving forward, you can't lose games that you should be winning, and you can't do well, like, do amazing in games and still lose. Like, the common denominator of that is you're losing. Like, yeah. They're like you can put up thirty five, but we can talk about how good you are. But at the end of the day, that's a loss. And yep, still lost. Further from reaching the forty ers for a division and then trying to get in the playoffs. Um, it's it's gonna it's gonna come down to those those games where, like you said, Geno Smith just didn't lock it in. I mean, interceptions are common throughout the NFL, but I mean. You just it's easy it's better to throw one in the first quarter than to throw one in the fourth quarter. And you can't have those you can't have those issues when you're continuously trying to either build a lead on a team or come back. Like those are just backbreaking. And I mean we luckily we didn't do the uh minus nine and a half, but it's, I mean, it should have been. I mean, the Cowboys, uh, I think it was in, like, the first half they went forward where they should have just kicked a field goal. <clears throat> and they, it, could have gotten, it could have gotten worse. But, um, I mean, this is still good for the Seahawks um, to look forward to for next week. But at the same time, like, we didn't think you were going to win this game and your schedule is only going to get harder. So you, you gotta you gotta find a way to to put people away. And it's you, not looking good for no. the fact that the Rams beat them twice already. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. have the tiebreaker for the 49ers for the Rams who are one above them. It's not looking good at all. No. Luckily, the NFC is weaker, but there are teams rising in the ranks now that we weren't seeing earlier in the season. Yeah. So they're in some trouble. <laughs> yeah, they should have. They should have won. Like you could see in the start of the season, the schedule, and they should have. You could see, like, okay, the schedule is going to get harder um, during the end of the season. So they should have won these games that they are supposed to win in the beginning of the year. Because now you're going to be scraping by for a win and hoping other teams lose instead of building a comfortable lead and trying to figure out the seed that you want. So. Should it should be interesting? Uh, I do think the CX still have potential to make the playoffs, but it's not looking good for the rest of their um, rest of their schedule. Because I mean, Forty Niners that just came off of being up one of the top teams. It's not looking good, as they say. the The pressure is getting worse. I mean, you got fucking. 
49ers, Eagles, uh, Titans, and Steelers, and then Cardinals. You just have to I look mean, at them. You oh, have, that's you who they play. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You have to you have to win. You have to get one of those harder games. You gotta win no for them they gotta win at least two probably. How many games are left in the season? Five? Four? Yeah. Counting this one. Yeah, five. Five, yeah. But they I mean, got... with the with the with the rising of some other teams, I mean we just we just before the before the podcast started recording, we just looked at the Packers schedule. And that shit is fucking easy. Who's to say the Vikings don't get their heads out of their asses? So yeah, they're gonna be it's going to be a tight playoff race for sure, which is it, like we'll talk more about that with our rankings probably. So, mm-hmm. shout out the Cowboys. It should, it should be a, a very interesting game Sunday night. Um, well, let's go ahead and get into the, the Colts and the Titans, a game that the Colts won in overtime on a uh, game-winning drive by Gardner Minshew to Michael Pittman for touchdown. Yeah, this this game was wild. And I feel like every time – I feel like we honestly haven't talked about the Colts as much, but partly is because of their record, and now they, they've started to, s- like, string a few games together. But, but all their games are crazy. Like, they're mm-hmm. all just ridiculous. And watching the games and what happens, it's like special team touchdown, two-point conversion returns. It's like, what is actually going on? The Titans look like they were in full control of this game. Derrick Henry's running for his damn life. He had, like, 80 of his 100 yards in the first half, I swear. Mm-hmm. They were up 17-7 to at one point. But really what, like, flipped the entire game on its head was the third quarter, which was just devastating for the Titans. Yeah. Because back-to-back possessions, there was a block punt for a touchdown the Colts got. They ran it back for a touchdown. And then the very next drive, they fumbled, and then the Colts got another three points on that possession. So that was the quarter that flipped all the momentum in the game. And it just... I mean, the Titans did fight back. They finally got some more momentum. Um, Will Levis was actually playing a solid game. He was finding... DeAndre Hopkins when he needed to. But, man, what is up with Gardner Minshew in these last-second drives? Michael Pittman is, needs to be talked about more, I feel like. Yeah, uh, I have him on my fantasy league, so I know all about Michael Pittman. Um, he's just – I think he is the ultimate target for Gardner Minshew, a possession guy that can get some yak when needed to, but someone with surefire hands. Um, the, only, the only issue I have – with that is I think I feel like in this Colts uh, offense, Gardner Minshew kind of doesn't really distribute as much. I mean, Michael, Michael Pittman had 11 receptions and the next closest was Alec Pierce with three. Yeah. And then Alec Pierce also had a hundred yard game because of that fucking deep ball. That shit was crazy. I mean, his average was 33 and a half. Um, shout out the Bearcats. But I mean, Josh Downs, we think, is a is a pretty good wide receiver, really good for the Colts, and he only had three catches for 14 yards. Um, so 
it could be it's like it's weird and um Jonathan Taylor's out so they probably just like switched to more pass heavy but it's weird for the Colts like when they find if like one thing's working they just run that shit to the ground so like when Zach Moss and JT were running they just ran that shit or if Gardner Minshew's passing well he just spams Michael Pittman but like you said this game definitely I mean if you're a fan of either team definitely exhausting um there's special team scores offensive scores a safety happen like this game was fucking crazy for a one o'clock game ended at ot um but i just you know i i think both i think the colts are doing and and it should be in like coach of the year conversations i think the colts are doing really well considering they lost their starting quarterback Granted, the starting quarterback was a rookie, but you could see flashes like the Colts could be something with the dual threat of Anthony Richardson. And the Titans are uh, four and eight, but I do think for right now, they can at least be like, okay, um, we are fine without drafting a QB next year. We can go address some other needs. Um, Derrick Henry did go out of the game. Uh, he had a concussion, so he was out of the game. Um, so that did affect how the Titans were going to run. We're going to run their their operation of their offense. But Will Levis did fine. Uh, was able to find DeAndre Hopkins in the uh, clutch, like the clutch time. So I th- I think both QBs did fine. Both of these teams, uh, obviously the Colts are have more of a brighter spot than the Titans, but. I still don't think you can count out the Titans in like a game. Just like if you think, oh, we have the Titans, we have an easy game, they could come out there and punch you in the mouth. Oh. That's how they've always been. Yeah. I mean, this is how much do you think this is more of this four game win streak the Colts are on? How much more do you think it is of easy scheduling? Because they played on this four game win streak, they played the Panthers, Patriots, Buccaneers, Titans. Or do you think they actually are like a very scrappy? No one wants that to play. Is, that is an easy ass schedule. It is, but if you look back at their, so they have two outlier wins in the season. The second game of the year, they beat the Texans, which CJ Stroud was still gathering his bearings, and then they beat the Ravens the week after that. Other than that, they've beaten the Titans twice, Panthers, Patriots, Buccaneers. They, I mean, they've played close and competitive all year. I just don't know. And the thing is, their remaining schedule, they can win four more games in a row, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about. If they had Anthony Richardson, we'd be talking a whole different type of energy around this team if they did have the same record, right? Yeah. It'd be like the Texans. We'd be like the 7-5. and five. Because what people, obviously, the Texans deserve their hype. Um, CJ Stroud's playing almost better than any QB in the league right now. But I feel like the reason the Colts aren't being talked about as much is because they don't have their starting QB. They ultimately they have the same record, and Indianapolis actually has the tiebreaker over the Texans. So they're holding that spot over them in the playoffs right now. If like the last game of the year is Texans Colts, that could be for a playoff spot. 
which is absurd to even think about. If Gardner Minshew can beat out C.J. Stroud's fantastic year for a playoff spot in the NFL. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens the rest of the season for the Colts and then moving forward if someone tries to get Gardner Minshew or who they're going to draft to help out Richardson. Uh, if they've learned anything from their Andrew Luck debacle, they should get linemen. But this this is a really good – I think this is a good Colts team. Um, it's really good that they're in the division that they're in. Um, Despite, because you know anything can happen. This game, this this division, could be like sneaky, like competitive for next year. Yeah, with all with all the teams considering, so it's already competitive. Like, yeah. But I mean, like another year for C.J. Stroud, another year for Will Levis, Anthony Richardson comes back, Trevor Lawrence healthy. Like this, this can be up there in a really competitive division. It could be really fun to watch. It's fun to watch without the starting QB. Yeah, I know. We have to get used to that. Some of these starting QBs are out. Yeah, I know. You're, you're the backups, baby. I'm all about uh, Shane Steichen winning Coach of the Year. I'm here for that or D'Amico Ryan's. I mean, both have been fucking fantastic. Both have the same um, record. Yeah. Most people, given the circumstances, thought they wouldn't even be winning seven games, let alone being seven and five and in, in in playoff contention. Yeah, I agree. Either one, those those would be my top two right now for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. No, no, uh, no. Mike McCarthy, love. No. <laughs> Shout out Mike McCarthy. Prayers up. He's getting. Uh, he's. I think he's getting his appendix taken out today. So. Surgery. That should be interesting. Hopefully, he'll be able to be in the game. I can, I can, uh, so I can see the uh, amazing play calls that he has for the Eagles. That game could get out of hand, as in like forty-nine to like forty-five type shit. It's like it's gonna be a lot of points. Let's go ahead and get to the third game: uh, the Lions versus the Saints. Uh, Lions won thirty-three to twenty-eight. They started out fucking hot. The first quarter put 21 on the Saints. And then they let the Saints fucking creep back. And they almost blew it. But they got the dub. Yeah, this is like... Man, looking back on like the last four weeks of the Lions season, you can almost see it teetering or regressing in a way. Can you not? Like, the Chargers game, they won by three, letting up 38 points. The Bears game, they needed a fumble, and the Bears to just completely blow the game. The Packers game, they lost and were dominated majority of the football game. And then the Saints, the Saints just started so slow and had those two turnovers where the Lions scored off of them. Man, this, this is a little scary if you're a Lions fan, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, typically, if I mean they got a fumble and an interception, both from looking Derek Carr. Um, who's to say, you know, if like Derek? Do you think? Do you think the results would have been the same, or you think the Lions would have won by more if Jameis Winston would have played instead of Derek Carr? Uh, I mean. 
Jameis Winston's not a needle mover. They'd probably lose worse than if Derek Carr uh, wasn't playing, or if he was playing. To me, Derek Carr is still better than Jameis Winston, like, easily. Derek Carr has had issues in the red zone. Like, he is turning the football over. No doubt that's a problem. But if they went down 21 nothing and Jameis was starting, they, it would have been way worse, most likely. My biggest concern is, like, the Lions are... Man, I just... What was I going to say? The Lions are, like... They're not blowing people away anymore and i think it's because of their schedule overall like i've been saying all year they just haven't played anyone that was like super solid the ravens and like even the seahawks like they lost to the seahawks at home who the seahawks put up like 34 points on them it's just real interesting to see like teams and who they've played this year because the wins are so all over the place but anyone in the NFC North this year has had a fairly easy schedule for sure. Yeah, it's definitely been like my thing is like it's cool that the Lions are putting up this many points. I mean, their weapons are outstanding. They have literally everything that you can ask for in terms of weapons. You have a thunder and lightning duo and running backs. You have a fucking top five. You can say Sam Porter's top five, right? Top five tight end. Yeah. Top five tight end. You have your possession guy who can be who can easily get Yak Amon Ra. You have your deep threat, Jamison Williams. You have multiple possession guys and Josh Reynolds. And um oh my god, who am I thinking of? I mean they do have DPJ, but they don't use him. But um, Blocks and, like he did for the Browns. And Jared Goff, um, I mean, if hey, Jared Goff just is running the mill quarterback, but I, I do think I do think Jared Goff can be uh, great. I mean, he got his team to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, Sam Laporta nine receptions for 140 yards. Um, your fantasy team eight, bro. We just talked about two of your guys. The fucking yes, sir. Phenomenal. Well, my my thing is like Jared Goff is a middle of the pack QB, is he not? He does a lot of the same. Don't get me wrong, Jared he's better. Goff he, is super Derek Carr. Yes, I was gonna compare him to Geno Smith in a way. Like Geno Smith is worse than Jared Goff. Don't get me wrong, but I think Jared Goff goes stagnant in some big moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's so much talent on his team that like this year he's been better when it's when it's mattered more than he's been worse. So I would say this has been a pretty solid year overall. But the last few, like the Packers game, bad when it mattered. And honestly, this game, not very great when it mattered. They were up 24-7 to at halftime. And no one can tell me that most NFL teams probably in that situation probably wind down the offense, right? They're going to try to run the football. And the Lions have a good O-line. I'm told they have a good O line, they have good running backs, and they have an ultra aggressive head coach, right? So, yeah. do you think Dan Campbell was trying to play it safe in the second half, or do you think they just went stagnant and they couldn't do anything? Yeah, I mean, the fumble is what switched. I'm pretty sure the fumble happened late in the second half, right? Mm -hmm. 
because it was, uh, yeah, it was the start of the fourth. Oh my God. It was the start of the fourth quarter. It was 27 to 21. The Saints got back into the game. The Lions hadn't scored a fucking touchdown since early in the second, uh, or since the first quarter. Like, mm-hmm. the defense has finally gathered their footing, and then um, the Saints fumbled, and then the Lions scored right after that to put them up two scores again. But that's the type of shit that has been killing the Saints all year. And if the Saints don't fumble that, they're probably up on Detroit late in that game because the following possession, the Saints went down the field in 12 plays and scored. Yeah. So, and then even on the drive that the Saints, the last drive of the game, they still went eight plays, 42 yards, and then turned it over on downs. So the Lions defense has been atrocious when it's when it's mattered the most. And I think that offense with Jared Goff, I think sometimes you're going to get that where it just everything comes to a halt when even with all these weapons that they have. And the Saints' run defense got gashed, murdered by the Falcons last week. You're telling me with Jameer Gibbs and Dave Montgomery, in the second half, you can't own that half with your O-line that's supposed to be really good, and then with a predominantly play-action QB to keep like the downs going. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's concerning. It's very concerning when you're going to have to play people like the 49ers can you imagine what the score would be if the 49ers played the Lions? The 49ers wouldn't have let that shit get to 21 0. No, that's what I mean. Like the 49ers would be up 21 0, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the with the turnovers from the Saints, the Saints still outgain total yards against the Lions. Like, you cannot go up. Would that be 24, seven and a half and just do not shit. And that's what I'm saying. Like to me, a lot of teams would shut it down, but to me with Dan Campbell and that culture and how he's super aggressive, go for on fourth down. To me, it was more of, they just went stagnant and couldn't do anything while trying to be aggressive. Yeah. And that's a bad sign. In my opinion, if you're just shutting it down and letting a team come back slowly, it is what it is, but they ultimately couldn't move the ball on offense and they couldn't stop the saints on defense. Which yeah, is concerning you, on both sides. Do you think they just dead ass did no adjustments? They're just like, yo, we're just gonna keep doing the same shit. Because I, I find mean, it hard to believe they didn't do adjustments. Like every team I mean, does adjustments. The Saints were in their bag with the adjustments after the half. They were. They were doing whatever they wanted. That little switch to Taysom Hill back to Carr, that was beating the fuck out of the DC for the Lions. I I don't know. The Saints the, the Saints have been an anomaly the entire year. Yeah. Because at some points, they look like they're going to put up 50 points on anybody. And then other moments, they look like the worst team in football. So their defense is still solid, but at times they just get destroyed. I, you never know what the Saints are going to bring on a Sunday. Yeah. Because they I mean, easily could have quit after, down 21 yeah. nothing. They really don't have, they don't have a good record already. They could have quit. They didn't. So, I mean, I don't know. Weird. Weird team. Especially, I mean, you give Jameer Gibbs eight carries, he got 60 yards, 7.5 yards a pop. But you give David Montgomery 18 carries for 56 yards, 3.1 yards a pop. Like, why are we just running with the hot hand here? Yeah, they don't really do that. They 
They love Montgomery. I mean, this is the this is the guy for the long run, though. Like Gibbs, <laughs> got Gibbs in the first round for a reason. Um, I mean, we we I've been more of a Lions fan than you have, but it is concerning how many times we talk about the Lions and them almost giving games up. I mean, they're nine and three, but you can't. This is not. This is not good for playoffs because the teams that you're going to face down the stretch are going to be it's every every single week and leading up to the playoffs leading up to if you get to the championship game it's going to be less mistakes less mistakes more discipline more discipline so you're not going to be able to get lucky in the first quarter and get get that pick yeah or I mean, get that fumble late in the fourth when they're building momentum ultimately they're like tied for what second best record in football but I think there's still eight teams that I'd pick over them in a head-to-head matchup. Just from what I've seen, who who they've played, they're just, to me, not... Like, their offense is obviously impressive. But the points they are scoring on teams, like the one good defense they played is the Ravens, and they had, what, six, eight points? Yeah, I just, will say, they get... They get for. For as much as the rah-rah and, like, the nasty, like, uh, persona that the Lions have with Dan Campbell, they get kind of bullied a lot. Oh, they be getting bullied on that line of scrimmage, especially the defensive line of scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, hey, there's a lot. We've heard about Aiden Hutchinson, bro. There is a lot of teams. Listen, I never thought he was that great. There, (laughs) There is a lot of teams in this league that beat up on the worst opponents and can't hang with the best opponents. And that is something Detroit fans are going to have to live with, in my opinion, because their defense isn't good enough to support Goff, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Goff isn't a top 10 QB. He might be. He's not top eight. Okay, we'll we'll give him some. We'll give him. We'll give him. I'll give him 11 through 13. We'll give him some grace here, okay? 8 to 15, whatever. Whatever you want to say it is. Yeah, he ain't my 8. He okay. could be your 8. He ain't my 8. I'm just saying for the viewers, I think Goff <laughs> is solid. But let's be honest here. That defense and, like, you can live with an average QB and win the Super Bowl, right? Uh-huh. Like a good. All you need is a solid QB. He's not going to turn over much. He's got to be on like 65% of the time, if your defense is good enough, your coaching is good enough, you're going to beat some of the better teams on any given day. This Detroit team does not seem like that to me, right? Yeah. Their defense is not good enough, in my opinion, to hang with like Philly, shit, Miami, even Buffalo, Baltimore, Jacksonville. Like it's just not good enough, in my opinion. So they're kind of in hell, in my opinion, because they don't have a QB that can overcome those teams. And quite frankly, I don't want to be the one to say this too early because it could be completely wrong, but Dan Campbell, I don't think he's that great of a coach. Culture changer, yes. Rah-rah guy, I think is overrated, in my opinion. Give me someone who fucking knows football, who can work with anything given to him. I mean, and can, and can show he can beat some of the best in the league, right? 
if you're going to have a coach like that, then you need an OC like Ben Johnson. Yeah, like, so the wheels might come falling same off. Same thing year. with uh, Sirianni. Like he, he's like that, and he had uh, Steichen. So, if well, I think I think Sirianni is better. Yeah, he's better than Dan Campbell because like, they're still beating solid teams. Yeah, but I mean, that roster is nasty. It helps when you get all the fucking Georgia boys. Well, yeah, um, I mean, it has to be a mutual. Like, no coach is good on his own. The GM also has to support his vision. Yeah. Like, it's all a team. Howie and his Duffy. Like, yeah, I mean, the best GM in football, probably. Um, But we'll have to see, because obviously Ben Johnson's going to get head coaching calls. So Oh, easily. We'll have He's to good. see what the Lions do to replace that. Because I think, like you said, with a, with a Jared Goff, I do think he is very scheme dependent like he got to the super bowl with sean McVay. he's doing this with ben johnson like uh, you have to match you have to get a good oc to match ben johnson um, and well yeah and for for you guys to do anything yeah and the difference to me between those two teams the rams that went deep into the playoffs went to the super bowl and this lions team is the fact that McVay sold out on defense and had one of the best defenses that year, right? Mm-hmm. The Lions just don't. And they're probably bottom half. I mean, that really is the biggest difference. You have to have some kind of defense. You can score as many points as you want, but when you're in shootouts, like the be- once you hit the playoff, shootouts don't happen. Mm-hmm. They just don't. It's always like fucking 28 to 24 or like 23 to 19, like those type of games in the yeah, playoffs. Unless a major injury happens, like the... Yeah, yeah. Eagles 49ers. That's what do we always talk about. If you're the head coach and your specialty is one thing, it better be good. Yeah. Because I mean, what makes you think, like, obviously Dan Campbell has completely changed the culture. The Lions are winners now. They are winning. They're 9-3. and three. I acknowledge that. But we can't sit here and avoid the fact that they haven't beat anyone solid. You know what I mean? And the Chiefs really haven't turned out to be who we thought they would be. And that was a Chiefs team without Chris Jones and Kelsey. So what the fuck? What really was that team that the Lions beat the first game of the season? I mean, that's the same team that I'm seeing now. Packers, the Packers. Well, I mean, we'll, well we're gonna hey, we're gonna talk about the Packers. I'm gonna we're start gonna a dialogue later, <laughs> but um, yeah, like you said, I mean, I I could see the Lions. There's always that one team in the playoffs every year that is like the Vikings. Like they're doing all this good, and then they get bounced out the fucking first round. Of the like playoffs. the yeah, it's like, like the Vikings. What the hell? Because they came up on a rising team. I mean, if the Lions meet the Packers in the playoffs, I'm taking the Packers. It really is. It's just like... I feel like the Lions have lost their edge. Yeah, you know? Like the chip on their shoulder. Yeah, they're getting too used to winning up there, which they shouldn't be. (laughs) Well, it's weird because, like, complacency can kill any team in the NFL. And that's the hardest part because they are winning. Like, they're winning games. 
But there's such a fine line. Yeah. When it comes to being a Super Bowl contender, and people throw that shit, they, they throw that word out there like it's nothing. Like to be a true Super Bowl contender, you have to be the top of the top. Like ultimately, there is probably four Super Bowl contenders in the entire league, right? Mm-hmm. Like that we know going into the league, these teams are going to be there at the end of the year. And the Lions can, I'm sure that management's happy, all the ownership's happy, but if they continue like on this track, they get bounced first or second round of the playoffs, bounced first or second round of the playoffs with Dan Campbell like two to three years in a row, you're going to have to look at changing it, and everyone's going to be like, why are we switching? We're like always the top of the NFC North. We've won it the past three years. You know what I mean? It's just the league is just cutthroat. And being a Browns fan for me, Change is not always great, and I understand that because it sucks switching your coach and schemes and players and GMs every single two every two years, right? Mm-hmm. The Lions should stick it out with Campbell. He's made them uh, relevant again, which makes sense. But they're going to have to come to a choice eventually on like, can he be like top of the top with this team? And who knows how long Goff is going to play? Are they going to keep him? Are they not? That's a whole nother situation they're going to have to deal with. Yeah. And without Ben Johnson, like you said, who knows what they're going to look yeah, like? Who knows? Offense. It's crazy. I I thought that I would be the the. Uh, hold on, hold on. What did I think? I thought that I it's it's been flipped. Seahawks to the Lions. Like my agendas, they were cooking. And now it's like shaky. I told you it was schedule based. I told you that. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and get into the next game: the Broncos and the Texans. Let Russ cook. Three picks when it mattered the most. He threw a pick to lose the game. The uh, chill, bro. I don't hate Russ. I actually like Russ. He was he's always been one of my favorite QBs in the league. But I did pick the Texans in this game. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Texans won 22-17. I got to stop picking with my heart. That, that, um, don't, that don't get us, bro. We can't keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the game the game was, like, boring at first, but at the end, it started ramping up. It's going back and forth. Um, Russ was cooking in the beginning. I mean, during the middle, and then. Just the just the bad. I mean, they the Broncos could have easily won this game. They, every time they're driving, it's just a Russ pick, a Russ pick. Like Russ, you cannot as the Broncos. I mean, obviously, you're not gonna nine times out of ten you're gonna lose the game if your quarterback throws three picks. But regardless, it's different if like you're throwing three picks, but you. I mean, nobody wants to throw fucking three picks. But if you're, like, throwing three picks, but you're, like, 40 of, like, 56, 40 of 60. I mean, Russ threw three picks, and he's 15 of 26, 186, one touchdown. You, you, not not the picks, but you doing, you doing Kenny Pickett numbers, bro. Kenny I mean, Pickett numbers is crazy. I mean, if it's, I mean, yeah, you want to have a balanced offense and like that's ideal but if i'm paying my quarterback 
that much money that they're paying Russ, and we're going to go on the contracts next week. But my, if I'm paying my quarterback the, that that much money, my quarterback's maxing 35 average throws. I mean, you played a whole NFL game and you got 26 throws in. I mean, I mean so not 27, but still, like, this was just like a super slow, like, time-consuming game on these drives. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this win streak had to come to an end eventually for the Broncos. They yeah. have been so dink and dunk down the field. All his touchdowns have come within the 20 yards. He did throw his first touchdown pass, like, the red zone this this entire year, which is a crazy fucking stat, the one to Cortland Sutton, which was a deep ball. But that type of offense isn't sustainable. And I think they just dug themselves in too much of a hole to start because it was 13 nothing to start mm-hmm. the game for Houston, which is – and to me, the whole story, the whole momentum flipped when Tank Dell got hurt. And you could tell drastically that Houston's offense was not the same anymore. Like, there was a drop-off from production when Tank Dell got hurt. So that could be something to look for in the following weeks for Houston, that they don't have their, like, superstar receiver or, like, Tyree Killish type receiver on the field and see how teams play them now because they don't have to worry about that speedy threat in Tank Dell. Um. I mean, the Broncos had their chances. They clawed their way back in this game. They actually were on the, the what, like, fucking eight-yard line? Mm-hmm. About if they scored a touchdown, they would have won the game. But, man, the big news out of this one was just the Tank Dell situation, which sucks. I still think the Broncos are pretty solid. Uh, they play good defense. Houston... CJ Stroud was also in and out of the game like three different times. He like got hurt, came back. I was like, what is happening right now? I kept getting <laughs> updates because I have him on my fantasy team. It's like he entered the blue tent. I was like, great. Um But yeah, I mean it was a pretty fun game to watch after the first quarter. <laughs> Other than that, it was I mean, Denver somehow, their defense has really turned it around, haven't they? Yeah. With that type of defense, they can play with anybody. The biggest concern is the offense. Like, if they don't get within the 20, it's tough sledding for them. Yeah. And this is, this, it's the Broncos are like super weird because I feel like they have everything to be a better, I wouldn't say like super explosive, but a better offense than what they have. I mean, Ross. And Javante, Jaleel McClellan, I mean, Samaje isn't terrible. Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, um, Lil Joel, Lil Joel Humphrey isn't too bad. I mean, maybe they're missing like one piece, but I mean, you have um, Sean Payton. And this is just like, like I said, you're, you're, you're like the like Steelers offense, like, and we don't, we, you know, we don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, we, I think we have better, slightly better wide receiver core, but I mean, we don't have the offensive mind of Sean Payton. So, like you said, I, I think the, that they did dig themselves in this hole 
And the good thing, at least, is the owners are Walmart, so they have money. And they didn't, I, I feel like um, they can not easily get out of the situation, but I, I don't think that they, I don't think that they will hold on to these top, these loose ends too long. If something needs to happen, you know, they're going to be like, yo, this shit needs to go, or we need to bring this in. Obviously, I think the Denver Broncos will be a different team next year. I don't think Jerry Judy will be there anymore. Um, he doesn't seem like a he. He's a good fit, but he. I just don't think mentally he's a good fit for the team. But the Texans, the Texans are getting the wins that they need to get to be able to continue to be in the playoff race. Um, I mean, as I'm looking at these stats, I mean, the Broncos zero for eleven on third down efficiency, three for three on fourth down. I mean, like. You can win games like that. Texans 4-16, third down efficiency. I mean, it was just bad. Time of possession, Texans had 33 minutes. Like, Well, their their wins have been inflated in this win streak to begin with. Because like I said, they haven't been winning by much. And they've also, their offensive efficiency hasn't been good through the wins. So mm-hmm. they've won by short possessions, or not short possessions, short field pos- uh, position. They've had really good field position, and they um, capitalize when they do get to the red zone. That's been the biggest things, and they dink and dunk their way down the field. They don't hit big plays often. Mm-hmm. So that that alone shows you it's more of Peyton than it is Russ, in my opinion. Peyton is calling plays that get people open. But it's like we're gonna work our way down the field in like twelve to fifteen plays than we are um gonna hit an explosive play. Yeah, and that's just, that's just I mean, Sean Sean Payton is going to have to adapt. That's just not how you win football games anymore. I mean you can do that, that's fine and cool. But I mean what's gonna happen when you take all this time, do thirteen, fourteen uh, play drives, you know, have to go forward on fourth down, for like a fourth and two, just to scrape by and get a field goal. And then you give the ball back and the team scores in four plays. You know, like, that's not that's not sustainable to be doing unless you have, like, a lights-out defense. Which I think the Broncos have a really good defense. They've definitely been a lot better than they were at the start of the season. But it's not like we're talking about, like, the fucking throwback Steelers or the fucking late Legion of Boom. You know, like yeah. these, this, the defense is so beatable. And if you keep, I mean, if you go 0 for 11 on fucking third down, your defense is going to be tired from getting on the goddamn field all the time. And you're going to lead up more points. And I don't think the way this offense is constructed that they're, they're an offense um, that is able to get back from a huge lead uh, on a night to night basis. So. Yeah. Broncos, I, I think, I think, I think this is one of the teams in the hunt that will miss the playoffs. Um, really? Right, right now, I got the Texans. Did not expect that out of you. I got the Texans, one of the AFC North teams, and then some team I'm just not gonna. Maybe the fucking Bills. Some team I'm just gonna be like, bruh, how? But I think <laughs> the, the Broncos are gonna be the ones that are like eight outside looking in. Yeah. Oh, let's go ahead and get into the 49ers 
versus the Eagles. One of the few blowout games we'll ever talk about because these were these are the top in the top three teams of our you know, rankings that we'll go into later. Go ahead. I was gonna say, you know what's funny is three of the blowout games that we have talked about in the headlines or the noteworthy games has been Sam Fran blowing someone out. So <laughs> it's a reoccurring theme. <laughs> um the only the only thing so this so the 49ers 42 to 19 absolutely smoked them. D Bill Samuel, one of the best memes of week 13, called Bradbury trash, said that if Brock was in the game last year for the playoffs, they would have smoked him. And he stood on business. Three touchdowns, dog. I'm a Debo Samuel fan. Um, I do slight him when I talk about the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, he did shut me up for this week, but we'll have to see how it, how it plays out later on. Um, but the only thing from this game, there's a couple things that piss me off. One, why did the Eagles only run it with their running back six times? I mean, Jalen Hurts had the most carries, seven for 20. Two, why after this game, Brock Purdy going 19 to 27, we're talking about MVP. Brock Purdy's not an MVP. Brock Just Purdy's really good. Wise. Brock Purdy's really good. Don't get me wrong. I'm a fan. Well, this is the same. Okay, let me be devil's advocate here. This is the same for Jalen Hurts. He shouldn't be in the MVP conversation. No. I didn't say Jalen Hurts should be in the MVP conversation. I know, but, like, there's two sides on this. It's you, like, you, you know who my MVP is. Do I? Who do you think it is? Tyreek? Fuck yes, it's Tyreek. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. If if this it's the same thing when Devonta won it, won the Heisman. If we are having these QB conversations, give it to a non-QB. Uh, right now, mine is Dak. Dak's fine, too. But Dak, if Dak don't beat the fucking 49ers and the Cowboys, Dak ain't getting the MVP. If Dak beats the 49ers and... I mean, the 49ers and the Eagles, he can't beat the Cowboys. If Dak beats the 49ers and the Eagles for the rest of the schedule, he is the MVP. Well, he already played the 49ers. Oh. Remember, that was one of the blowouts. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoked the Cowboys. I thought, they, I thought they had another, like, a big game. I'm they sure played. they do. Oh. If Dak goes on this three-game stretch, four-game stretch, in up. dubs, these are Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. Oh, he's obviously no, they're, they're going to smoke the command. Three game stretch. Don't don't include the Lions. I mean, the Lions will have ten wins. That's a big. Is it game. at the Lions? In, you better at pray. The Cowboys. Oof. That line might be nasty. That might be like a four and a half, five point line. It depends on what the like the Lions. They could. It, this is December 30th. They could be the Cowboys and the Lions could both have like 12 wins. So that's going to be a good uh, which would 11 make it, to 12. Which so would that's going to be even, a big game. That would make it even nastier if they put the Cowboys as five-point favorites over a 12-win team. I know, but that's going to be good for his resume. Like if he 
if he makes it out of this four game stretch three and one, he's the MVP. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. Shit, but just go two. And I two. would give it to fuck Tyreek. Play well, play well, and go two and two in that four game stretch, and you're the MVP. Tyreek's literally potentially going to have a two thousand yard season, bro. Breaking records, like obviously that's not going to be the dictator of. It shouldn't be the dictator of um, you getting awards unless you're also doing like crazy. Well, he'll be the offensive player of the year. We already yeah, but I mean, like, bruh, he he should his odds should be higher than what they are. I mean, you cannot tell me that Brock Purdy's better than Tyreek Hill. Well, that's two completely different positions. It doesn't matter, bro. It doesn't matter. Now, how much does Tyreek make to him? If we're going to talk about Tyreek for MVP. I mean, I don't think two is anything without fucking Tyreek. Really? I mean, a, a huge chunk of Tua's yards are fucking Tyreek. Because to me, like, Tua and Purdy are kind of similar. Tua, Tua more better. I think they're really similar. They're timing QBs. They're accurate. They process fast. You know what I mean? Like, they're the same fucking QB, really. Tua has 3,400 yards, and Tyreek has 1,400 yards. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's fucking nasty. 1,400 is a stat line most receivers don't even hit in, a year. in their career. <laughs> 1,400, his average yards is 15.9, almost has 100 catches, and he has 12 TDs. <laughs> like,. Come on, bro. We're talking about the wrong things right now. We got to talk about the 49ers Eagles. <laughs> yeah. But so, I, I did start that because I did say Jalen Hurts shouldn't be in the I combo mean, at all. Jalen Hurts, I mean, this is the Eagles. Granted, I think regardless, like the 49ers are going to win, but the Eagles just ran away from like their identity. This is not their identity. Jalen Hurts thrown 45 times. Like, this is not, this is not what we do. And Yes, the 49ers are fucking nasty on defense, especially after getting Chase Young. I mean, it's just fucking overpowering. But, I mean, AJ Brown still went 8 of 114. Like, it's so weird seeing the stats. I mean, Devontae, 9 to 96, one touchdown, and they only put up nine, 19 points. Yeah, to me, this loss wasn't, it's not super alarming. But it is of concern because the 49ers are in the same conference. Mm -hmm. So, like, ultimately, the Eagles to win a Super Bowl are going to have to play the 49ers, right? Yeah. That's the concerning part. But it might be in the NFC Championship game, so you'll have one shot at it. This isn't like the fucking Lions where they haven't beat a good team all year. The Eagles have proven they can beat good teams. And that's... The silver lining. You still have to look at it. Yes, we got our ass whooped this week. There's still time to build and get better as the season goes on. Now, I don't know how possible that is on their back end for the defense. Because it's looking real scary out here. And I'm talking like the Lions could probably put up 30 to 34 points on the Eagles, right? Yeah, I saw some like crazy. I forget what it is. I forget exactly word by word, but like Brock Purdy hooked when the Eagles um, tried to blitz. And, and my thing is on, like, if you're 
there if you if your back end if your DBs are not up to par, to me you don't need to be blitzing because Brock Purdy, nineteen and twenty seven. Like, he threw 27 times for 314 yards and four TDs. He completed 19 of that 27. Well, I think that's part of, like, the the pressure that the D.C. feels is that if he, if he lets the four-man rush go and they don't get there, then it's going to be even uglier than if he sends a blitz and hopefully they get there in time. You know what I well, mean? Well, at least I have guys filling gaps, you know? Yeah, that's like, true. I mean... Because it's not, it's not like... The Eagles front four is fucking like nobody, you know. It's not. Yeah, they like, have a good front it's, four. It's not like the Lions, you know what I mean? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, there should be no slander of the Lions by you. <laughs> hey, bro. Just like, just like how you were slandering the Packers, I can, I can, I can criticize the Lions. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it. You know, if they're if they're front four, if your front four just can't get there on the Eagles, and they have dogs up there, literally. People from Georgia, if if they can't get there, then then that's on them. But like, it's it's weird to it's not weird to me. It's just like malpractice to me if you know your your DBs aren't like up to par, and you're sending blitzes against arguably the best complete line in the division or in NFL. I mean, they're going to pick up your blitz, like. Unless you're just sending the house. And regardless of how good you think Brock Purdy is or is not, any QB with that much time in those wide receivers, you're gonna find someone open. I mean, yeah. All of the all of his all of his weapons, Christian McCaffrey, um, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, they're all yak beasts. Yeah, I, I mean Ultimately, if I were playing the 49ers and I knew my back end wasn't great, and including my linebackers in this, um, I'm not taking my chances one-on-one with those receivers and those yeah. skill positions because it's going to get nasty. And when you send the blitzes, like you said, it's uneven. They have to man up one-on-one. You're not filling the um, gaps in zone, so you're manning up more than likely. Like – Realistically, nowadays, there's probably three or four teams that have the corner, the DB groups, to actually man up with the best receivers in football, right? Yeah. And the Eagles are just ultimately not that team. So they're going to have to figure out how to play fucking zone <laughs> and let their four-man front do most of the work. Yeah, I mean, it is so... Um... It's just, it's just the, uh, how do I say that? It's just the holy, the holy trinity, bro. Not only, more like a, like a, like a quad, bro. The holy quad. You have a QB that I think is great in a, I mean, most QBs are really good in a protected pocket, but I think Brock Purdy's really good at reading his reads. I think he has enough repertoire with each wide receiver that he can pick out. Okay, Debo's cover here. I know if I look right here, Brandon Ayuk's going to be running across the middle. Yeah, I mean, he's he, be open. he processes very fast, mm-hmm. which is a skill that very few QBs have. Mm-hmm. And with the skill positions that he has, that is what Shanahan needs 
Because like Garoppolo didn't process fast, in my opinion. Yeah. Like when he was on the team, but Purdy does. And he excels at it. So unless you have like Purdy's gonna eat you alive on man to man coverage because who in the fuck in the league can guard Ayuk and Debo, right? Or George Kittle one on one. Like how often do they get beat by the corner on their own routes? It doesn't happen often. Mm-hmm. The only time we really saw it was the Browns game, and I was at that game. But we have arguably a top three cornerback room in football with Newsom, Emerson, and Denzel. When they're all three playing together, we can man up with pretty much anyone in the league. But the Eagles just can't do that, and Purdy's going to eat you alive knowing. I mean, that man's smiling the entire game. He's like, oh, shit, one-on-one coverage with Ayuk, one-on-one coverage with Debo. This is barbecue fucking chicken. All day. He recognizes yeah. that blitz. He's like, bet, come at me. I know exactly where I'm going with this ball because I know that guy is going to be open. Yeah. I mean, Brock Purdy, I'm like great in a protected pocket. He has the line that can give you that protected pocket. And he has weapons that are really good in the zone and really good at yak. On top of having arguably one of the best offensive coaches in the game. Like, and if that's what I'm saying, it's probably malpractice. the best play caller. Yes, it's malpractice as a DC. If you know you have issues in the back end, I mean, doing blitzes. Like, well, there's like I said, there's two ways to go about that situation. It's either we send the house and hope we get to Purdy, like disrupt him enough that he throws some errant throws, or you sit back in zone and hope he doesn't pick you apart, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it just depends on what the team went with. And Sean Desai is a very aggressive DC. Yeah. Like, at the Seahawks, he's the, one of the highest blitz rates. So, I don't know if that's changed at all. I haven't seen what the Eagles are in their total blitz packages. But, I mean, he's always been known to be an aggressive DC. So, I didn't expect him to sit back in zone all day. It's, I mean, ultimately, it's about Shanahan getting those mismatches and how good he is at that. Because a lot of the times, Shanahan's matching up Debo with a fucking linebacker. What linebacker in the league is guarding Debo one-on-one in man coverage? Nobody. Exactly. The only one that could potentially do it is already on the 49ers, so it's impossible. Yeah, so, I mean, I think Shanahan just out-coached Sean Desai and the Eagles coaching staff. I think that's more of what it was. Um, You could argue more talent on the 49ers. But, yeah, I mean, this was a huge game because the 49ers just, if they win out, Eagles lose to the Cowboys, they steal home field for the entire playoffs. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, big win, statement win by the 49ers. Scary. (laughs) Uh, Let's go ahead and get into... The next game, uh, Chiefs versus the Packers. My agendas kind of clashed here, didn't they? I know. Because I've never picked against the Chiefs, ever. No. And I don't, I, I don't think I ever will. I don't, I mean. But we did talk about know. how this was a sneaky game. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jordan Love, motherfucking Hooper. Yeah, the Packers won 27-19. to 19. And Jordan Love, 25 of 36, 267 yards, three touchdowns. Um, I 
I'm going to excuse myself. I, I in the beginning, me and my co-host Reed, we both Jordan Love fans. I jumped off. I jumped off the train. I'm not going to allow myself to get back on the train. I'm just going to watch. I'm just going to be at the train station and wave at you as you're <laughs> passing by. I think Jordan Love is going to be great for the Packers. Um, you and uh, this dude from Pick Aside, Joel, you guys are the only Jordan Love stands I know that are not Packers fans. Um, but, I mean, Jordan, Jordan Love, I mean... The Packers, I mean, and this this was like, like, what's going on with Spag Noodle and this fucking defense? I mean, in the beginning, they were like, oh, my God, like, the Pat Mahomes finally has, like, a potential top five defense. And it's just been dipping down ever since. I mean, the Packers had a total of 382 yards, good balance, passing yards, 253, rushing yards, 129. Every it's it's and Jordan Love. I think Jordan. I think the great thing you can either have an old. You can either have an old QB that is cool and people can gravitate towards. And no matter the age of the wide receiver, they're gonna have a repertoire. Or you can have a young QB that can grow as the other young wide receivers is growing as well. And the repertoire between that is substantial too, because I mean, Jordan Love, four catches to Romeo Dobbs, or four receptions to Romeo Dobbs, seven Christian Watson, three uh, Wicks, three Tucker Craft, four Jenner Reed. I mean, they, he was just dying it up everywhere. And I'm jealous. What are you jealous of? I'm fucking jealous because you look at this Packers team. And it is super young. They have a super talented wide wide receiver core that that's something the Browns have never been able to get. Like even with our later draft picks, like like look at these are two first and second year guys in this receiving core that are showing out in big games, right? Mm-hmm. And that alone is enough for me to think. Like, Jordan Love already has rapport with, like, three of the best receivers on the team. And we were talking about Christian Watson having a bad – like, Jordan Love had a bad QBR with Christian Watson before that Lions game. And then, Mm -hmm. fuck, the last two games, it's like every time he throws on the football, it's a touchdown. So I'm just jealous of the fact that they have this young talent at receiver that the Browns have not been able to find my entire life. And they're all second and first year guys. It's insane. And they have a young QB to lean on, or hopefully lean on, right? Mm-hmm. Just a crazy, like watching the Packers, and we discussed this a little bit off um, when we weren't on the podcast, but mm-hmm. the fact that the Packers have turned the season around like this, and ultimately it did come down to. Jordan Love, right? We all knew it would come down to Jordan Love, how he played. But that stretch they had where they lost four in a row, it felt, it just felt like the season was over, right? Mm -hmm. It was rough. I mean, they were two and five, losing to bad teams, losing in bad ways. They couldn't put up points. 
And then all of a sudden, they're just ripping off wins, right? And ultimately, they probably could have won that Steelers game if Jordan Love didn't throw that pick in the end zone. They could have been on a five-game win streak right now. But they, it's not like they've beaten bad teams. Like, they beat the Rams. They beat the Chargers, Lions, and Chiefs. They, they've strung together some solid wins in this win streak. And like I told you, like, I was almost out. I was like, I don't know if I can do the same. Well, the Packers look horrible. They're losing home games. They're losing to the Raiders. Like, what is happening right now? But they look fucking great right now. It's it, this is this is my favorite thing about the NFL is like, and I like how we're doing our rankings this way too. Is the fact that a four week time span can make you flip your entire opinion on a team just in in like an instant, and it's absurd. This is the only sport, in my opinion, where it's like, this is the first four weeks. These are the best three teams like ever. And then the next four weeks, holy shit, they're one of the worst teams in the league. <laughs> yeah. Depending on who they lose to. Like, there is so much parody in this league. But my agenda's cooking right now. Jordan Love has strung together four straight solid games, five straight solid games. And they're six and six back in the playoff race. They're, I think, sitting right below the Vikings in the third spot in the division. But I have a feeling that they're going to pass the Vikings here once oh, they shit. play. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to catch the Lions unless something crazy happens to the Lions. They're still not going to win the division, but I think they're going to end up second and sneaking into the playoffs, which that sucks whoever the fuck has to play Green Bay in the playoffs. Because it's not like Matt LaFleur is not used to the playoff environment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's going to be rough for one of the higher seeds if the Green Bay Packers do sneak in. To me, this game is more about the Chiefs. And Pat Mahomes can't fucking do it all. You know what I mean? Like, there is just too much pressure on Pat to, to make every single play, in my opinion. This, this Chiefs offense reminds me almost of the Bengals in a weird way. Because when Burrow, like, and it's not Andy Reid putting the pressure on Pat Mahomes like it is Zach Taylor putting the pressure on Burrow. I think there's too much pressure on Burrow to make plays consistently in that offense because it's not very creative. But the Chiefs just don't have the weapons to overcome this year for Pat. Like, I just don't see them winning any of the big games in the playoffs. Yeah, it's like, I mean, the only... Continuing bright spot, bright spot of the Chiefs is I think they have their like running back for the future. Pacheco had 110 yards, one TD, 6.1 yards per carry. Um, I think they need to go ahead and uh, cut ties with that midget fucking Clyde, that little person, that little person Clyde Edwards Alaire. Um, but and we were watching this game. Um, or at least, like, obviously separately. But we are both watching this game. And in the stretch, like, the final stretch where the Chiefs had the ball, I mean, because of everything that Patrick has done in the league since he's came in the league, I mean, 
this is probably the craziest run that a quarterback has had thus far. Two rings, arguably some of the people's best quarterback they've ever seen. I mean, for the kids, I mean, the kids, this is this is their guy. Like how we had, you know, Manny and Brady. Like, this is their guy. And just the plays that they're doing at the end, I was like, what the fuck are y'all doing? It just felt that was like, a bad last drive, I felt like. It was like you said, I feel like Pat was just overwhelmed. I mean, there isn't that. And obviously, which I don't, I, I mean, I don't know how they would change it for our viewership, but I don't like how I can't, like, obviously the camera's going to be on the quarterback during the drop, but I'm like, is like Kelsey getting triple teamed? Like, holy fuck. Like, I think he really is. He was also gassed at the end of the game, though. Yeah. I mean, four receptions. Though, I mean, that was one of the only things that we needed for our parlay, but like, we need six. But, well, this I, is, I feel like there was enough time that she could have thrown something over the middle quick, get it out of bounds. I mean, he was just dropping back, throwing fucking Hail Marys like eight times. Yeah, this is this is where we're at. I think uh I think teams are catching on to the fact that Kelsey can be doubled and they don't have to worry about anyone else on the roster. Yeah, it's different and uh another small bright spot in the Chiefs, I think Rasheed Rice is legit, but obviously Rasheed Rice is not your wide receiver number one. Yeah, yeah. But I mean for a lot of teams, he'd be the one. For me, I've sat there and said, is this team really not going to get back to the Super you know Bowl? I mean? um, and they're not going to get back to the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> yeah, what know. the fuck? <laughs> and it's easier. And like you said, with Kelsey being gassed, um, I do think, obviously, it's hard for you to, with your conditioning and stamina as a fucking tight end. So I think, like you said, it is a lot easier to in the late games, double your tight end. It's not like, um, I mean, Kelsey's out there running wide receiver routes and that on like a tight end body, tight end stamina isn't going to hold up in the um, near the end. Um, you could see it on that Hail Mary. Dude had like no effort. It's just like this dude. Yeah, yeah he, he was gassed and couldn't. I mean, if you watch the entire drive, I was just watching Kelsey because I obviously we needed Kelsey to get two more catches. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's not even running the route. Like he's just kind of jogging out there. Either he knew the ball wasn't even he wasn't even gonna get looked at, or he knew he was bracketed or something, or he was just gassed. I think he was just yeah. gassed and couldn't run. But like not I mean, it wasn't like like I'm not I'm not putting all the blame on MBS. Uh, like like a couple games ago where he dropped that fucking pass. Like Pat was just not accurate in general with the deep balls that he was throwing. So I just think at the end, the play calling, which is weird coming from Andy Reid, the play calling was just ass. Like I think there was still enough time in your drive that you could have actually ran routes to the sideline. Like it was just like Kelsey in the middle and then we didn't know where the fuck the other wide receivers was, and then a deep ball. Like, that's just not how it's... That's just not winning football. And, you know, the season's only going to get longer. There's always going to be people nicked and whatnot, so 
I do. I think the the Chiefs are fortunate enough to be in the division that they are, because that division is fucking cheeks. So they're still going to be in the playoffs, but if they don't nut up, they could get fucking bounced to the first round. They definitely play. figure it out. They could get fucking bounced. And yeah. that's the tough thing with being one of the top premier teams media-wise is you're not going to have an easy schedule. You're going to face these harder teams during the end of the season because for ratings. So those losses are going to keep stacking up and you're going to wind up ending facing the number five team instead of facing the number 16 or facing the number 17. And your ass is going to be fucking booted if you don't figure it out. Dropping my mic. Shout out the Packers. Packers fucking open. I don't. It's it's looking like it wasn't Rod. It wasn't Lafleur's fault. Is that what it's looking like for you? No, I think he's a solid coach. Yeah. You you were you were a not. I was a, a hater. You weren't you were a hater, but you weren't like you weren't like. I'm trying to think of a what coach do you hate? My thing is, my thing is, it's like you weren't you weren't a huge Lafleur hater, like because you because you knew of of the whole like Rogers saga. Yeah, I made I would make remarks and comments about Lafleur, but I think a lot of it was Rogers choosing to do his own thing. Yeah, in a way, because Matt Lafleur now has full control. Obviously, Jordan Love's not fucking changing his plays and making his own decisions about personnel and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I I like how Matt LaFleur is doing things now. Jordan Love's playing better. Yeah, I think LaFleur has great play calls. Well, he's part of the Shanahan tree. Considering his personnel, I think think his play calls are perfect for his personnel at the wide receiver group. With the end of the sweeps with Jaden Reed, the fucking deep balls with Christian Watson, the the uh, crossing routes and the post routes and the curl routes with Romeo Dobbs. Like I think this is perfect for Jordan Love. Now, if they can only get fucking um oh my god, why am I Aaron Jones healthy? Like holy fuck! You know like, what's what? really nasty? What I'm looking at the playoff picture right now. And if it were to end today, the Falcons would be playing the Cowboys. Kill me. Yeah. The Packers are seven. They would be playing the 49ers. (laughs) But this is how I see it. Like, the Vikings are six. I really think towards the end of the year, it's going to be the Vikings get bounced and either the Rams or Seahawks probably get into that last spot. That's nasty. Oh no! Shut your mouth. This playoff picture is hilarious in the AFC. <laughs> we got three backup QBs in the five, six, seven spot. Four is Jacksonville, which could be a backup QB for the next three weeks. <laughs> this is disgusting. You know what's even crazier is this week that the Browns play the Jags. If they win, well, no, it actually doesn't matter because the Jags have the division lead. They automatic. They need to get rid of that. <laughs> auto auto bids for winning the division. Auto bids is lit, bro. Dude, like, come on. 
The Falcons should not be a four seed at six and six. It's just going to be easy for the five seed, bro. It's so fucking gross. Speaking of the Jaguars, we're going to get in our last game. Um, it's an hour and a half. Talking the I told you we were gonna do this. I hey, it's you. it's been on both of us. It has I haven't been fucking, you know, it's been the energy is here. The energy's here. Great, we're not dying great now. Great conversations. Um the Bengals and the Jaguars on Monday night that nobody thought would happen. A total of sixty-five points scored. The Bengals won thirty-four to thirty-one. Bengals six and six. Um Jake Browning. 32 of 37, 354 starts at one touchdown. Man, um, what the fuck, right? Like, yeah, I'm, I've kind of been on board all year that the Jags aren't as good as everyone is saying. I also think their defense has been overinflated by who they've played. I mean, the win streak that they had, I mean, it was just bad teams besides the Bills. Yeah. And in the game against the Bills, they got to stay in London for two weeks and the Bills had to fly out that week. So you think if it was a level playing field, the Bills would have won that? Uh yeah, I would I would give the edge to the Bills. I think I gave the edge to the Bills anyway, and it yeah. was close. I mean the Bills turned it over. No, it was the Jags that turned it over like three or four times, right? Yeah. Am I tweaking right now? No. Uh, I know there's a lot of turnovers. Yeah, but like the Bills are the best win on the Jags' schedule. They beat the Colts twice. They've beaten the Saints, Steelers, Titans, and then they split with the Texans, and they beat the Falcons. Like, God, I sound like a big schedule guy. I keep bringing up schedules <laughs> and who you I played, mean, who have you I beat. Mean, it's the NFL. Like, like, to me, it's the NFL, a win's a win, and they're hard to come by, no matter who the fuck you're playing. You can lose on any given Sunday. Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to be elite elite, you got to um, show up and beat unless the best. You're, unless you're playing the Panthers. Yeah. And then unless you're the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, what you read out in the schedule before, before every – all of the, the events that have happened in the NFL, like at the start, this is, I'm like, yo, Jags, you can snag this division, bro. And here you are in the fucking dogfight with two teams that are, have seven wins. They actually would have been the one seed if they won this game. Yeah. So. Just a fumble all around. And you know what's crazy is even Trevor Lawrence obviously got hurt, went out in what, the third, fourth quarter? Fourth quarter? Fourth quarter. Even with him, I wasn't confident they were going to win this game. Which is kind of sad. <laughs> That's just how it was, though. Like, Jake Browning outplayed Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the, I mean, a lot of the Bengals fans are like, I mean, with, you know, I don't blame them. I mean, Joe Burrow's a top three quarterback. Joe Burrow's a top four quarterback. And... <laughs> He had to think about it. <laughs> and uh, Joe Burrow's you know, a top five quarterback. <laughs> Joe Burrow's a top eight quarterback. <laughs> and, you know, we're playing Jake Browning. But, like, when Jake Browning went in, I was like, okay. Like, I wasn't like, oh my God, this is a Nick Foles. But I'm like, you know, this could be worse. 
Well, this is where I'm at with Jake Browning. He's been in the offense for two, three years now. So this isn't like a you just picked a guy up off the waiver wire or who was a free agent and he has to start after four four days of being on the team. It's he knows the offense. He has rapport with the receivers. This is completely different than like the Browns situation. It's different than the Vikings situation. So he should be better than the teams I just mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's been on the offense, he knows it, he knows the players, he's been with the coaching staff. And I think it really, like, you. this is, like I said earlier, this is why you have to take every team serious. Because the Bengals still have talent, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously their defense isn't as good as it was the last two years. But, but shit, Jake Browning covered for the defense this game. Yeah. 354 yards. Like, what the fuck? I haven't seen a Browns QB throw for 354 in, since Derek Anderson, probably. Don't get me started, bro. Disgusting. Got backups putting out in generational games, bro. And the crazy part, yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> that's the craziest part. Like, this game was big for the Bengals because they're right back in the playoff hunt, right? Yeah. Six and six. Do you know how many six and six teams there are on the AFC North? Like, my God. And it's not like the Bengals have that hard of a schedule left. They could very well win their next three games. So they're like right back in it, just like most teams in the AFC North. So it was a big game for them. Yeah, I mean, the Jags, I mean, we're going to get into the injury later, but these are not, these are the games you're supposed to be winning to build up a lead. Not only into your division, but trying to secure that first round by. I mean, that is that would be Man clutch. Up. But um, I mean, the the Bengals aren't out, bro. The Bengals are not out of all of this. So, like you, like you said, they're. I don't obviously they're working less with less in the defensive aspect, a very opportunistic defense, but not something that's gonna necessarily like shut you out so i mean jamar chase almost 150 yards 11 receptions like jay brown and not how many how many backups do you know that can go 32 37 like it was just it was nasty it was nasty if you're the jaguars defense i mean jersey yeah, pads. I mean, even even when CJ came in, nine of ten, sixty-three yards. Like it was, it was terrible. So I don't, I don't know how the Bengals are going to do for the rest of the season. I mean, I'm still like nervous to play them with my team with Mitchell Trubisky versus Jake Browning. I mean, Lord help me. So and like we said, we're going to get into it later, but. We'll have to see how the Jags do with their injuries and um, everything going forward. Um, I got a, we got a, for our injuries, we have to add one. But that was our noteworthy games. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get into our headlines. Got three headlines here. And then we're going to talk injuries, rankings, and then our picks. So uh, the first headline is Zach Wilson. Um, 
he is the starter and it has been confirmed that he is a starter for the uh, rest of the season. But unfortunately, and that's, that's, you know, whatever to Jets fans, I mean, you're still in hell, but that also isn't good news to hear that he necessarily did not want to start because he did not want to get injured. Yeah, um, that was like, it's weird to even think about it because the reports came out that Zach Wilson didn't want to start or didn't want to put his body on the line because he'll probably be going elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And then we had we had that report, and then we had the report that Aaron Rodgers talked to him, and he's okay now, right? Which is mm-hmm. just weird as fuck anyway. A 40-year-old QB telling this younger guy to go start. Um, <laughs> but then today, Robert Sala said Zach Wilson never said that. And Zach Wilson confirmed in his press conference that he never said he didn't want to play. He loves the team. He loves the players. I don't fucking know what to believe. But I've been on the same shit all year of fire them all. Fire the GM. Fire the coach. Fire Zach Wilson. Fire everybody. Because everything they've done this season has been for nothing. It's been a waste of money. They shouldn't have done it in the first place, and I'm fucking over it. I'm tired of hearing about the Jets and their QB situation because guess what? There is no fucking situation, right? Because yeah. no matter – we're playing QB roulette with a bunch of dog shit QBs, and I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it. Like, why is this getting so much publicity? The Jets have been bad. Majority of my life, they've been bad, horrendous the last five years, and they're still horrendous. So I'm over it. Malpractice. Coaching malpractice. GM malpractice. This whole franchise is a stain on the NFL. Tim Boyle got released, finally. They finally realized that this guy's never been good at football. Ever. Not from high school, not from college, not in the NFL. I don't know how the fuck he even got an NFL contract, to be honest with you. Yeah, so... Tim Boyle did get let go. Um, I know. I mean, my co-host isn't the biggest Jets fan. He thinks that that organization just needs to overhaul everybody. But I know you did the smallest, the miniest of backflips seeing Tim Boyle get fucking canned. (laughs) Um, Because if you guys were in the chats with this man... You would have thought Tim Boyle robbed him or something. This man, hey, <laughs> I mean, I mean, with good reason because like there is nothing telling me that this man should be playing in an NFL game. So, which is, which is crazy. Like I've seen the Browns put the worst QBs out. We've had what forty-five QBs in the last like twenty years or something, mm-hmm. which is by and. By far and away, the most QBs out of any franchise over that time span. And none of those QBs are worse than Tim Boyle. None. So I don't know. Like, I'm, it just, QB play and QBs and who gets QBs triggers me. So I was over Tim Boyle as soon as they said that he was going to start. Yeah. I mean, it's the crazy thing about zach like if you're saying like like do you believe that do you believe that he did do you think he said it or do you think he did not say it i think he said it and they're just backtracking now yeah honestly it's it's like it's weird because like the jets 
the Jets organization just feels like a mob, bro. It just feels like a mob boss at the head. And if you go against the mob boss, you're cooked. Like, did they did they hang this man from his ankles? Did he get waterboarded? Like, I think <sighs> Zach Wilson is dead ass terrified of this organization. Like, not and I think him saying that he didn't want to go out for insurance, he didn't want to go out there for insurance injury insurance is I mean, are you not just cooking your offensive line? Like eight times out of ten, the reason that a QB gets injured is because of the offensive line. So I don't really know what the fuck is going on in the Jets. Um I don't think I mean Zach Wilson going out there, you're just putting a hat on a hat. I mean, you're still gonna lose games. Um, but I mean, do you think he finds a job next year, like outside of this Jets? Zach Wilson? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he'll be a fucking, he's a backup caliber QB. You pay him one to $2 million to sit on your bench. And if he has to go and he has to go in, that's but, it. Like at least if whoever comes after Rogers, it needs to be a whole new coaching staff. Well, and, and it needs to be any new everything. Yeah, 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 I don't disagree with that. And to be fair to Zach Wilson, the Jets' situation when he got there and what it is now has been horrible for him. Yeah. So he could go. He could very well go somewhere and be okay. Like I think we're seeing him at his worst because of the situation around him right now. Yeah. I mean, don't get us wrong. Over here at DWC, Zach Wilson is a bottom five quarterback, bottom <laughs> five starting quarterback. But this whole thing, this whole his Jets tenure, I think has been detrimental for his growth and mental health. That's been a mess. Like this, this is one of the most disorganized franchises I've seen ever. Like, at least the Browns, at least with the Browns, they, like, stick, like, the players stick together. Yes, you have some outliers, but, like, the players stick together and play for each other. I don't think anybody likes anybody at the Jets. But, like, I, I think every, I think it is just, like, like, I think it's literally high school. Like, you have people sitting at different tables not fucking with each other. Like uh, that is crazy. Like you, like Zach Wilson, trying to get, you know, a repertoire at the old lineman gets buys them scooters. Who the fuck wants a motorized scooter? Like, the, like the Jets organization is just a meme, bro. It is. You have, you have a coach, like obviously, and you know they won't show it, but you as a defense, like you're like, bro, why the fuck? Like, why are you making so many excuses for Zach Wilson? We have to be better, bitch. I held this team to how many points after my QB gave them how many times to score. Yeah. Like, it is It is just fucking Degrassi over there, bro. <laughs> it is nasty. Yeah. I feel, I mean, I feel bad for Zach, but at the same time, like, buddy, your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not a, you're not a good football player. It's just... <laughs> Yeah, I can't get a really, I can't get a good read. From the outside looking in, like, obviously I'm not in the trenches on Jets or, like, in the message boards or anything. Mm -hmm. But I can't get a good read on who likes who. 
Do the players like Salah? Do the players even like each other? Like, it just feels dysfunctional. Everything about it, the way they went about getting Rodgers, getting the players Rodgers once, getting the OC Rodgers once, it just, I mean, this is what I expected. But I didn't expect Rodgers to get hurt. But this, to me, is just one of the worst, like one of the worst decisions in the NFL was going after Rodgers and letting him handpick everything he wanted. This isn't a 27-year-old Rodgers. This is fucking 39-year-old Rodgers. So, yeah. I hate the Jets. Fuck them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like... It's just I I just the only the most I feel bad for is I feel bad for the fans having to deal with this disgusting organization. Too there's just too many prideful people at, up at the top with no humility. I don't just feel bad throwing throwing a quarterback out there that I mean it objectively isn't good, but you got him with your second <laughs> round pick. I mean second pick. Isn't good. Just keep throwing those slight jabs, dude. And it's crazy because in the beginning, I was seeing flashes. I was like, "Holy fuck!" You were a dick rider last year. Oh my god, easy. I was like, "Oh my god." (laughs) I'm just in New York. I'm just a New York guy, you know. So I was like, "Oh my god!" Like the Jets and the Giants, man. And then just overall, just it, it. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just cursed because I just the downfall of Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson to just. Bottom five quarterbacks needs to be studied. Fucking crazy, dude! It's it was like a fucking switch, and it just and nobody could switch it back on. And both organizations are just terribly run. I don't know. The only reason I would work, I would play there, is because I'm in New York. The fans are fucking dickheads, but I mean, <laughs> it's understandable. You you pay money to watch the boringest game ever in your life. Wearing your Jets jerseys, wearing your wearing your Joe Namath jerseys, and that motherfucker's never coming back. Like you're cooked, and the only thing that you had looking forward to the season is cooked. And you, and then you got some of them actually believing this motherfucker's coming back. Like, let's be real. It's just, it's just awful, and. The in that's it's not a QB switch away from being okay. Like when Rogers gets back, it's still going to be a shit show, and it it has potential. I mean, it's lit. The dumpster's lit, but this shit could be a forest fire, bro. Yeah, because regardless, even if even if he plays mid, they're still going to want to resign him. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. It is what it is. Finally, my team. Well, I can't even say that. Nah, y'all are cooked too, bro. Yeah, (laughs) the verdict's still out, but I was about to say, finally, my team isn't the worst QB situation in the league. No, but it's it's top five. You you right there with me, Brody. (laughs) You you and me. Oh, don't, don't do that. Together, together. <laughs> um, Listen, you be you need to be concerned about your guy more than mine. I'm getting Justin Fields, baby. I'm locked in. <laughs> okay. I'm locked in. It's gonna get nasty. 
All right, let's go. Let's go to this next headline. We've been talking about the Jets. Let's get me hot. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, Give me the next one. Shaq Leonard signed with the Eagles. Do you think it's going to save the Eagles linebacking group? Surprise, surprise. The Eagles fucking got another fucking top free agent. But honestly, bro, if I'm going to be real with you, he might be cooked too, bro. <laughs> He's been seeing the little clips on Twitter. <laughs> he, might, he might be cooked too. It's it's different of like, like you, you forget because of like, the NFL, it just feels like time is moving so fast. NFL is moving so fast. You forget how long players have actually been in the NFL. So, like, from what I've seen on shit, because I was like, why the fuck? Because, like, obviously, the Colts are up there with terribly run organizations. Like, their their owners are fucking scumbag. At least he's done drinking. Damn, I'm coming. Oh, I'm getting ruthless. On this there you podcast. are. <laughs> um, but I was like, why the fuck did they get rid of Shaq Leonard? Like, what the hell? And then I did some research. I started looking at the YouTube clips, looking at the Twitter tweets, the clips and everything. I was like, oh, he might be cooked. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's different than like, oh, you just have like nagging shoulder or your hand. Like, back, like nagging back injuries are not something to be messed with. So, especially as a linebacker. So, hopefully hopefully he's good in the scheme of the defense, but a linebacker ain't, isn't going to isn't what's going to save the Eagles. No, it's not. That motherfucker, not. that motherfucker can't cover Debo. So, what's you know, what the, <laughs> what the fuck are we doing, bro? I don't even think he can cover um Oh my god, Jake Ferguson. Let alone fucking Debo. So, I mean, it's good for the style points. Good for the, hey, bro, we got we got all these people on our team, bro. And watch Brock Purdy still throw 350. I think they have a lot more issues than just putting in Shaq Leonard. Shaq Leonard's not going to fix everything, but hopefully um, he can get the defense down and become uh, a leader for the defense. Uh, so everybody can play together. So, I don't know. We'll have to see. Jerry's not out yet. How do, how do you feel about Game changer. Um, uh, I think their defense is too far gone, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's another body on the field, but, man, it's rough watching them. He's not the same Shaq Leonard that was on the Colts. No. And it shows that by the Colts releasing him, right? Yeah. There's always hope he can get back to that, but realistically, there's no way. Yeah, back back issues are just if you once you start having them, you're kind of cooked. Um, let's go again in the third. Uh, I was about to say deadline. Third headline: Roger Goodell thinks football will become global in the next five to ten years. What do you think about that? I think that's fucking awesome. The best sport in the world should be global. Um, and I read I read the article. He's not talking about like expanding franchises necessarily. Mm-hmm. He just wants more it, it to be reached by more people mm-hmm. in a way. Like global games all over the place, not just Europe and things like that. So 
I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's good for the sport, so. Yeah, I think this is good overall for every single aspect of the game and media standpoint. I mean, you can have, realistically, this should just be like, I think it'd be super cool if there's like an international week or like international two weeks. You just have a game in like um, Europe and Mexico and Asia. Like, it's really good for the NFL to branch out and gain new fans. And then, you know, some people can only watch one sport or it can be introduced to another sport or um, people that are interested in the NFL but can't get, find the coverage. Uh, they're going to be able to get that coverage and watch some of these games, attend the games. I, I don't see a downside to this at all. I think this is uh, a really good um, idea that Roger Goodell was pushing for. I'm here for it. I mean, if it gets if it gets more fans and uh, more people to watch the NFL, that means more money, which means more cap. So I'm here for all of it. Sir, grow that and, sport. And then we'll get invited to the games, and, you know, DWC will be international. That would be cool, though. Like, yo, you want to just fucking go to Europe and go to a game? That'd be, that'd be fucking dope. That'd be goofy as hell. Um, let's go ahead and get into the injuries. Uh, we have a handful of injuries to talk about, uh, especially in all of these injuries are like multi-week injuries that can be detrimental for a few teams going forward trying to secure a spot in the playoffs. Before we get into the first one, I forgot Christian Kirk. Uh, he injured, I don't know what the fuck, groin, testicular torsion. I don't know what. Oh, yeah, we forgot about him, didn't we? I don't know <laughs> what happened. He caught a ball and then was cooked. Do you think, what do you think? That abdomen. That? Yeah, it said abdomen, bro. I deadass just think he clapped his balls. No cap. Why would he be out for numerous weeks? Dude, if, you, if, you, if you burst one of them those... That's gotta suck. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> ultimately, I don't think it's that because that's pretty fucking rough. That'd be funny as hell. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's not funny, but I mean, it's funny. Um, and Trevor Lawrence, high ankle sprain. His he was backing up, and his lineman kind of just like hot on his ankle, and then while he was getting tackled, rolled back on his ankle again. He was cooked. Couldn't even, like, they're trying to get him to walk off. Couldn't even do that. And then the biggest news about the Trevor Lawrence thing, where the fuck was the cart to take him to the medical center or, like, to the training uh, staff? Like, they literally had to have a... Uh, a trainer and a security guard fucking hobble him back. Like, that's not good on on your ankle. You should definitely get off of your ankle and rest. Well, he said that was his decision. Oh, so he's a dumbass. Yeah, he said he didn't want to bring the card out for it. I was like, great. I don't know if that was the franchise covering for themselves or what, but... Yeah, that definitely don't want my franchise quarterback further injuring his ankle or something else. It's different than you. All right, we're taking 
you know, we're, we're taking my, putting on some sandals, some, some slides, barefoot, whatever. Like cleats, like walking on like pavement and shit with cleats, shit can get tough, especially when you have a hurt ankle. And uh, I know, I know if I was the trainer or security guard, I'd be pissed. I'm like, bro, why am I walking this dude all the way the fuck over here? Like, let's get the cart. But this is not good. Or it'd be easier if it was just like a couple weeks and the Jaguars were like 10 and whatever. But they're 8 and 4. And the Texans and Colts are only gaining more momentum uh, with their wins. And the Jaguars lost on Monday. So. Um, this could be really detrimental for the seeding aspects of the Jaguars. They took a lot of their division lead. So tough spot to lose him for, but I think he's going to be okay. Yeah, no boot on. They're actually talking. There's talks of him playing this weekend, which yeah. is not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But he could be back in two weeks, maybe three weeks at the most. I don't know. So they definitely need him back, though, because, like you said, the Texans and Colts are right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Tank Dell, Fracture Fibula. I know my is is very upset about that. Um, this is terrible news. Uh, Tank Dell has been amazing uh, for CJ Stroud's growth and for the Texans. Uh, him and Nico Collins were a great one, too. Uh, this is uh, Nico Collins' stock did go up. I think he's going to get spanned along with Dalton Schultz. Um, I don't think so. CJ Stroud could be missing like 40 to 50 yards from his total offensive yards and passing. Um, but I think this team is well balanced enough that they can still get some wins. But losing Tank Dell is very, uh, is a really important piece that they did lose. No doubt. Also, another piece, uh, another important piece uh, the Packers lost Christian Watson. Uh, hamstring. This is his fifth hamstring pull, tear, whatever you want to call it, in three years. Oh, take those out. They said about like four months. So essentially done for the season. Um, and Christian Watson, this is his fifth one in five in three years. And do you think this is just gonna be like him for the rest of his career? Like five? <sighs> five is a lot in three years. I don't the hamstring's so like fragile though. Like once you hurt it once, it can always linger. So it maybe could occur throughout his entire career, but he's gotta figure out something for it. Because that's definitely not good. And he's pro he's like a very promising receiver. Yeah. And this is like for someone for someone like him, I think. Obviously, like hamstrings are really important for um, skill positions, but especially for someone like Christian Watson, who relies on his jumping ability, his speed, and everything. The hamstring is like the cuts that he has to make. Hamstrings are really important. So I don't know how many times it's been in his right, but it's been his fifth hamstring injury in three years, which is not a good sign. Um, if you were not only now, but later on, I mean, his hamstring is literally going to fall off the bone like you're at a fucking Texas barbecue in his goddamn, like, eighth year. So, I don't, I don't, it's tough with, like, soft tissue 
kind of stuff? Because well, how do you how do you even like work on that? Yeah, I don't fucking know. Because you can <laughs> like, work out your hamstring, and they're still coped. Like, so they said a couple weeks, like three to four weeks. Um, I do, like we said, I do think the Packers will um, be in the playoffs, but. You know, how 100% is Christian Watson going to be when they do have to play their first game in the playoffs? Um, Kenny Pickett, high ankle sprain. Uh, I don't know how he got that on that specific play. He did get hit in the head. Uh, Kenny yeah, Pickett has, has a history of concussions. I think he has three. So I don't know if the Steelers are trying to hide it. I mean, he did come in with an ankle uh, injury from the previous game. He had a brace on um so it's going to be mitch for probably he's going to get tightrope surgery uh report came out today that he might be out longer than anticipated he could be out to the playoffs he could play the last game we don't know um so we're going to be rolling with mitch for probably three four weeks kill me and um this this could be detrimental to the steelers this could be us being out of the playoffs um thankfully we don't have the hardest of schedules but still these are games we need to win um especially because everybody in the goddamn afc has the same goddamn record so these are the games that you need to win for a lot of the injury a lot of the injury it wasn't like a team it wasn't like the 49ers had an injury and they're like oh we'll get him back for the playoffs a lot of these injuries happen the teams that are in the hunt so this is not really good for uh any of the teams um unless you're the patriots and you're already going to be a top five picks R- ramondre stevenson high ankle sprain another uh hip drop tackle um i know goodell said that they're going to look into trying to figure out how to regulate that or ban that we don't think that's possible right you don't you don't think that's like yeah, I don't really think it should be banned, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, if you ban it, that's just going to... How many flags are going to throw, man? Like, yeah. how, like, the games are just going to get longer. It's like, a, it's like a leverage thing. It's like there's certain situations where the defender isn't as fast as somebody. Yeah. And their only chance is to kind of drop their body weight. So I don't... You're just making it way too hard on the defense. You'd have to keep it in the game. Yeah, the the like crazy thing about that to me is like you said, like you said, if if I'm a linebacker, I'm a defense alignment, you know, these skill positions are typically faster than me. The yeah. only the only way for me to get to be able to tackle them is to hold on to them and either hold on, get a good grip and hold on and wait till my teammates come to help clean up or I hold on in this drop, you know, dead weight. And you're not going to be able to at least get out or run as fast with me just having dead weight. I don't think any of the tackles that I've seen, uh, obviously I don't know the pure intentions of every tackler because I can't read their minds, but a lot of them just look like just normal tackles. Um, and it's like you said, it's just a leverage thing, and there's nothing that I think you can do to regulate that. And 
finally, Brian Robinson hurt, uh, pulled his hamstring in the game. Another, I mean, it's the commanders. They're not going anywhere, but they said about two <laughs> or three weeks as well. Um, a lot of injuries uh, to a lot of teams that, like I said, are in the hunt. And then just like teams where, you know, they kind of suck. So commanders love, goddamn. So they might, they might as well just chill. That was the injuries, and we're going to go ahead and get into our rankings. Um, hey, we did our rankings earlier in the day, so there will not be a separate episode. Uh, we're just going to go over uh, the rankings and just talk about why we have some of them there. Um, some of them are self-explanatory, so there doesn't need to be a huge discussion in a lot of them. Um, we do this every four weeks, so don't be confused or wondering why we finally have this team where this team is and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and get into what I think is... Mm, we or I? I was going to do it in, like, sections. Okay, that will probably be the easiest. But do we want to include... So I have, you know, our four, right? Do we want to include our five in that four? I was going to say Super Bowl contenders. Do we want to include that fifth team in there? Or well, if we're going to do it that way, I want to switch the rankings up. What do you mean switch them up? Because we have the Chiefs at six, but I think they're a Super Bowl contender. Still? Yeah. If you have Pat Mahomes, you're a Super Bowl contender. Oh, my God, brother. God, I could. All right, we're not going to do it like that because that's just going to take time. Last year when we actually put it in the podcast, it made sense how we did it because we did our contenders and then we did – we did sections like that. We can start doing that again if you want to, since it's closer towards yeah, that's the end of the year. So we'll do that for the next one. But overall, uh, I thought we were just going to go through. We're going to go through and then talk when we wanted to talk about the um, like, my teams or where they're at. For our rankings, out of 32, our top five teams uh, right now are the 49ers, the Eagles, the Ravens, the Cowboys, and the Dolphins. Chiefs fell out of the top five. We'll talk about where they are after this, but um, it's I think especially after the game last week with the 49ers and the Eagles, I think the 49ers are just by far the best team in the NFL right now. Um, and I do think, do you think the Dolphins are like, this is just what they are? Do you think do you do you see any more excelling that the Dolphins can do? Don't or, see. Or do you just think like it's just this is just where they're gonna be? Bar um, losing, bar losing any games. Yeah, I think they're. I think the Dolphins are a top five team or a top ten team. We have them at five. I think they're a top ten team. I don't think they can beat the best four mm-hmm. in the NFL though. And ultimately, I don't think they're better than the Chiefs and Bills. But they've earned their ranking at five mm-hmm. for right now, in my opinion, with how the Chiefs and Bills have played over the last four weeks. 
And that ultimately is why they're ahead of those two teams. But if I were to rank the Dolphins over the entire season, they would be in the seventh spot, in my opinion. Yeah. Because um, of quality wins. They don't have a quality win. Yeah. Um, I'm on the same wavelength as you. I I don't think that the Dolphins can get any better. I think this is just kind of... Now, and me saying that, I'm not saying the Dolphins are a bad team. So, Tony, when you're listening, I'm not calling your team a bad team. I think the Dolphins are a really great team. I mean, I'm a fan of the Dolphins. You know I am. I got my Bama. I got my Bama. But it's different than, like, when we're watching these games or watching, you know, the last four weeks, the Cowboys have been ascending. The Ravens are making, you know, a gap But in the AFC. The Eagles still have 10 wins. The 49ers look great. And I just like when I'm watching the Dolphins game, I'm just like, yeah, that's that's about what I expect, you know, hella offense, but you know, one fuck up, one injury away from just being like mid, mid, mid. So I don't. There's nothing. There's no ascending to the that I see from the Dolphins currently. I do still think the Dolphins are a top five team, but. I just don't think that they can beat the Ravens. And I don't think that they can beat the rest of these NFC teams that we have ahead of them. Um, the only one, I think the 49ers are just locked in. And the only one in the top five I can see moving up is um, the Cowboys. If the Cowboys can finish out this stretch for our next um, power rankings, I could see the Cowboys moving up, but this this five, um, bar any crazy changes, any major losses, um, this could be the five for like the foregoing future. Like I wouldn't be shocked if this was the five still for next week. Yeah, uh... unless the Bills or the Chiefs do something crazy. Yeah, I mean the Dolphins like. They really just don't play anybody. So it's hard to move them. Like, my bias can 100% move them to 8, 9, 10. But they're going to keep winning games. So mm-hmm. this is where they're going to be. I do think the Chiefs and Bills are also better than them. But, but yeah. I don't know about the Chiefs, bro. I feel like the Dolphins. The Chiefs beat them head to head. I know, but I'm saying now, like, the Chiefs are so mid right now. Mid, mid. The Dolphins are the team we knew they were, though. Like, they are who we thought they were. That's literally what they are. What we thought of them four weeks ago, eight weeks ago, is the exact same of what we think of them now, which is not a good thing. Real. Um, do you see? Are you on the same wavelength as me with the Cowboys, or do you see any any team moving up? Not necessarily moving up to one, but do you see any team in that five moving up? Uh, in the five, probably just the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins definitely not. Ravens, I think, are around the three spot for sure, but they also love to lose games late. So, I don't yeah, know. If you lose, 
if you're playing all your starters and you lose to the Steelers in the last game, on God, I'm dropping the auto like six. You should not lose to us. But the next five are the next five Chiefs, Bills, Lions, Jaguars, and Texans. Um, I know. Trust me. Trust me. All right. Detroit fans, Michigan fans, George. I know the Lions have more wins than Chiefs and Bills. But let's be realistic here. They smoking, y'all. When it, when it comes to in the playoffs, game on the line, line's going to fold. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just something. The Bills, the Bills are mean. You know, they're nasty. So I think they will bully you back. And I just don't see the Chiefs losing to the Lions. I mean, they did lose the first game, but they didn't have their star players. Um, the Bills have the worst record out of these um, these five, but I do think that the Bills, I think the Bills will be that last team that gets in that you don't want to play in the playoffs. I think there's just a lot of shit going on in Buffalo right now, but I think, like, I dead ass think they're going to lock it in here soon. Um, I don't really know what's going on with the Chiefs. Do you think it's just, like, an identity issue, or? I just don't think they have the... They just don't think they have the personnel. Yeah, they don't have the personnel to overcome, like, bad situations. Like, a lot of their wins this year, they've started fast, and they've been able to hold the lead. But against the better teams, that's not going to be enough. You know what I mean? I think the the Chiefs just have, and I apologize to any of the Chiefs players that ever listened to this audio, I think they got a lot of frauds on the team. The Chiefs? Yeah. I don't know Sky, about that. Sky Moore, fraud. Well, yeah, I mean, he's never been good, though. Like, McCall Hardman, fraud. He's also Kadarius, never been good. Kadarius Tony, fraud. You can't call someone a fraud unless they've been good already, right? Or at least are getting. Oh, well, I mean, McCall, McCall Hardman was good in his first stint with the Chiefs. Was he? MVS, fraud. How good are we talking? I mean, he was lit. You just don't have any expectations for these guys. I mean, if if I if I draft you, what Sky Moore was the second pick. We're we're uh, not second I mean, round, second round yeah, second round pick. I mean, yeah, but like I'm talking when you call someone a fraud, like that's a pretty that's a pretty big statement, and we're talking more of like. You have expectations, right? I mean, if you're my second round pick, I have expectations for well, you. Yeah. But ultimately, we're talking like I'm trying to think of an example. Like last year when I called out Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, right? Like frauds. You're a fraud. Kyler Murray was considered a top 10 QB last year, and they won four games. That is fraudulent. <laughs> Kyler Murray wasn't playing up to what his expectation was. No one went into the year, at least I did, and was like, Sky Moore is going to be a top 15 receiver in this league. 
But I mean, if I pick you with my second round pick, you are a starter on my team. And if you're a starter on my team and you're playing with the best quarterback ever, I expect you to at least do something, right? No doubt the receivers aren't playing up to par because Pat Mahomes is giving them a chance. But I didn't expect much from the personnel that they have, and I wanted them to go and get someone in free agency. You wanted them to get Diop Or Mike Evans. Mike Evans would have been a cheat code. Yeah, it would have been disgusting with the <laughs> fucking balls. We talked enough about the Jaguars and the Lions and Texans. Um, do you see anybody in this group making the jump? Or... Uh, well, I can see... Man. See, the Lions-Jags are kind of similar. Good records, haven't really beat anybody. And that's why they're behind the Chiefs and Bills, who are proven with their QBs and everything. Um, I mean, ultimately, any of these teams can jump. But the sections, to me, are like one through seven. They all can beat each other. Mm-hmm. Eight and nine, eight, nine, and probably ten are right around the same. They have um, good QB play. They're a bit on the younger side for team, newer coaches. Um, 11, like the Lions, Jags, Texans, that's eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14 are very similar. These are the Broncos, Packers, Rams, Seahawks, where they're all six and six, and they're being held up by something. I don't think you can pinpoint what it is, but they're all like very eerily similar. I think they're good, but they're not great. You know, mm-hmm. like ten through one through ten all have potential to be great. Eleven through fourteen are good, but not great. In a way, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I see the top 14 at least. And then when you hit 15 and beyond, it's like, all right, you have either a backup QB starting or your season's over. <laughs> that's basically how I did it. Yeah. And so, I, as you said, the Broncos, Packers, Rams, and Seahawks, um, I'm also in the same thing. I think they're all very similar. Um, a lot of them do better things than others. Um, but they're all on any given Sunday can have a convincing win or get blown out. Um, and there's always going to be that like one thing that they're missing, one thing they didn't do right. Um, further down, we have the Browns, Steelers, Colts, Falcons, Bengals, Vikings, and Chargers and Saints. Yeah, ultimately for me, 15 to 22, where it goes Browns to the Saints. No one wants to fucking play these teams. And they're being held back by QB play, except for the Chargers. Chargers are a completely different realm. They just have a shit coach. Yeah. Um, um, the Chargers, out of all of the rest, the Chargers are just ass. Like, I know what's wrong with the Chargers. They're ass. They're just ass. They're really bad. And we're going we're gonna to have frog conversations. Are we going to have frog conversations for Eklund? We don't need to talk about Eckler. But I did see before the podcast started that Staley's thinking about splitting carries. 
So that should tell you enough about Eckler. But realistically, like Browns, Steelers, Colts, even the Falcons, Bengals, Vikings, all of those teams with their starting QBs and or a good QB would be in the hunt or top of the playoffs right now, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how I did that one. They don't have their starters. They don't have a good QB play or consistent QB play is what I would say. And that's why they're in that category with each other, all gotcha. bunched around each other. Now go ahead, go ahead and give me the last bunch, your favorite bunch. So twenty-three to thirty-two, we have the Cardinals. Cardinals take a big jump from where we had them. We had them at thirty-one. Mm-hmm. Josh Dobbs brought them all the way down to thirty-one. They look like they were losing some steam, but with Kyler Murray back, they are definitely not a bottom seventeen, right? Mm-hmm. So they're at twenty-three. We have the Bears at twenty-four. Um, the Bears have been playing a little bit better. Justin Fields looks a little more comfortable after the bye, after the injury. Interesting. All of that. Yeah, you're hoping. I, I'm, I'm going to say it every fucking week. I'm um, speaking it into fruition. Then we have the Bucks at 25. The Bucks have been on a skid. They started out hot. Baker Mayfield's going to Baker Mayfield. And you know what the thing about the Buccaneers? Maybe I'm a little biased towards Baker, but they have talent on the offensive side of the ball, right? They have a solid mm-hmm. O-line. They have two great receivers. They have Rashad mm-hmm. White, who's, <laughs> who is a pleasant surprise this year. Mm-hmm. Like, what really is the issue here? Their defense isn't bad. It has to be Baker, right? Common uh, denominator. Mike Evans hit his 1,000 yards. Yeah, which... I mean, he's one of the most underrated receivers in football. Um, Then we have the Raiders at 26. I have the Raiders. I think we have the Raiders in general at 26 because of um, a little bit of new life, energy with the interim head coach. They're not the worst, but they're not the best out of the worst teams. So I had them right in the middle of the pack there. Titans Mm -hmm. at 27, scrappy team. Will Levis is kind of coming on, but they're still just not that great of a football team. And then we have the Commanders at 28. God, their defense is bad. It's really, really bad. Sam Howell has some promise. They can score with anybody, but that defense is just god-awful, and that's why they're at 28. Think uh, You think there's going to be uh, some people screaming trade me on that Commanders team? Uh, maybe. I think Chase Young already did it. That's how I knew they were selling out on the air. Get rid of Chase Young. Both and, of their edge rushers. Yeah, and sweat. sweat. Yep. Once they got rid of them, it was just like, all right. Um, then we have the Jets at 29. You know how I feel about the Jets. One of the worst franchises in football right now. Mm-hmm. One of the worst QB situations in football. The defense can only do so much. Giants at 30. They have not moved in eight weeks for us, <laughs> which is funny. They are still bad. They are one of the worst in the league. They have won, what, two games out of the last four weeks or something? Mm-hmm. So good for them, I guess. But they've the teams they beat, I think they beat the Commanders twice or something like that. Maybe beat the Jets. Ultimately. Yeah, that's what it was. They beat the Jets. Ultimately, nasty team. The only reason I put the Jets above them is because of the defense. That's it. Um, Patriots at 31, they have... Man, they have just slid down this list. 
<laughs> as we made the power rankings. Have they gone ever gone up? Uh, no. I think we started so the highest the Patriots were was actually twenty three. We had them at twenty three, and then we had the Patriots at twenty seven mm. in week five, and then we had the Patriots at twenty seven. So they didn't move on week nine, and then week fourteen they were twenty seven. So now they have slid to thirty one. Mm. Because we are talking, we might be talking worst offense in the league. I saw something that was crazy. It was like they have allowed the least amount of points by far over the last five weeks, and they're still they're zero and four in those games. We're zero and five in those games. Something like that. Like we're talking all time bad QB play here, and that's why they're thirty one. Panthers thirty two, all loss. Like, their hope is lost. They don't have the O-line to support Bryce Young. They don't have the weapons to support Bryce Young. They actually fired their coach. It's mayhem over there. They're the worst team in football by far. Yeah. It's I'm, a buy I'm, when you play that team. I'm, I'm loving I'm loving the, the they don't have this for Bryce Young. I'm loving hearing that out of you. It's like a, yeah, it goes both ways. You can't just completely and utterly shit on a high draft pick at QB. You know what I mean? You have to account for what is around him. Because who knows? Bryce Young could be like Purdy if he was on the 49ers, right? Mm -hmm. You get the right coach. You get the right skill positions, the right O-line to protect him. You never know what could happen. And that's the worst part about being a high draft pick in the NFL is and succeeding in the NFL. Like, not many QBs can get it out the mud, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to be put in a situation to succeed. And a lot of the times, that doesn't happen. And that's why mm -hmm. it's such a horrible profession. <laughs> like, Anthony Richardson probably would be horrible on a team with a defensive-minded coach. Or, like, he gets put in a situation where he's with a coach that understands what is needed for a young QB to grow. Yeah, he would be terrible on the Patriots. Yeah, and like Stroud, to me, was the most ready NFL QB. And the Texans, D'Amico Ryan's not an offensive guy. But what he did was he, in that same draft, was get skill positions that he thought would help Stroud grow. Mm -hmm. And he gets a young OC, a first-time OC, to work with Stroud and to grow with him. So D'Amico Ryan set him up for success while D'Amico can handle the defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it goes both ways, and it's yeah. not all on Bryce Young. His coach is already fired. They're going to have to restart from scratch. Who knows if that coach, just like with Baker Mayfield, who knows if that coach is going to even like Bryce Young? Because – as much as people don't want to say it, a lot of the times the coach and pride come into a factor, and mm -hmm. it's not their QB. They didn't mm -hmm. pick this QB, and that's what it comes down to. So Yeah, it's very uh, – He's already at a disadvantage in my opinion. Yeah, it's very unfortunate how expendable some of these players are to these coaches um, and how detrimental that can be for their growth. Uh, like you said, it's a whole bunch of it's it accounts for a whole bunch of 
of humility and how much you are willing to put aside. Um, the great coaches ask their players. I mean, D'Amico asked CJ Stroud, yo, you know, who do you, who give me some ideas who you think? And CJ was like, yo, Tank Dell, like, that man's nice. So they draft Tank Dell. Um, it's all about, especially when you draft a QB this high, you know, and you get a new coach, you know that, like, you're going to have to set the foundation and set the tone. And being able to have everybody on the same page is way, way more important than people would think. Um, but, yeah, the the bottom five, to me, in our rankings are more, to me, in the the um, – um, Cardinal, the Cardinals, Bears, Bucks, Raiders, and Titans escape this because they have one, they each have a saving grace. Cardinals, Kyler. Um, Bears, you got DJ Moore, Justin Fields, doesn't look terrible, and you have the first and fourth pick. Raiders, I think they have a good coach. Titans, you have a coach, and your team's not terrible. But like commanders, commanders, you fired your DC, your coach's ass. Your defense is ass. Jets, it's all around a dumpster fire. Giant, same thing. You got Brian DeBull, but I don't know how much longer he can take this. Uh, he looks like he's gonna have a fucking heart attack. Patriots, they're probably they're probably gonna let go of Belichick. Which that means you have to get a coach and a GM. Panthers, you just need to sell the team. Debbie Tepper is just not him. And I think he's de detrimental to this team. At least at least Robert Kraft is like, chill. David Tepper, he needs to go somewhere. But uh, that was our rankings. Um, I'm going to go ahead and list, list them one more time. 49ers, and this is 1 to 32. 49ers, Eagles, Ravens, Cowboys, Dolphins. Chiefs, Bills, Lions, Jaguars, Texans, Broncos, Packers, Rams, Seahawks, Browns, Steelers, Colts, Falcons, Bengals, Vikings, Chargers, Saints, Cardinals, Bears, Bucks, Raiders, Titans, Commanders, Jets, Giants, Patriots, and Panthers. And in four weeks after this episode drops, we'll be doing our rankings again for the final time. And hopefully by that time we have an idea of who's locked in on the playoffs and who's out of the playoffs and who looks like they're going to be either firing people, bringing in new people, and so and so. And finally, we're going to go ahead and get into the picks. It's been a journey to get here. Been a journey to get here. Uh, at least we didn't do our, our segment for next week. Because, boy, that would have been a three-hour show. Well, thanks, everybody, that's been staying with us and continuing to listen to us. We're going to get in our picks, and then we're going to go ahead and get out of here. So let's start with go ahead and start. game one, Thursday Ooh. night football. It's a real barn burner. The Patriots, 2-10 Patriots at the 7-5 Steelers without Kenny Pickett. One of the worst, two worst offenses in the league, actually, I think statistically. Uh -huh. The over-under is set at 30-and-a-half, and Pittsburgh is – they are six-point favorites at home. You think this potentially could be like Monday? 
and just be no. an amazing game? No. <laughs> Not at all. Two really solid, defined, uh, for whatever way, goes their way defenses. Um, Tomlin, Belichick, how far we have fallen for grace. What happened to the game I love? This used to be, I mean, growing up for me at least, and you, this oh, was yeah. the AFC rivalry. Like Patriots, Steelers, these, these would be the Sunday night, Monday night games every single year. Every time mm. they played each other, it was like, this will probably be a playoff game in the future. Yeah. And now it is the shitter bowl. And we do not want to watch. We will not be watching. No. <laughs> no, we'll be watching, but I'm definitely picking the Steelers. If they lose this game, and I know I say this a lot, but this would be a detrimental loss to the Steelers. You cannot afford to lose this game and make the playoffs. We should have won last week. We need to win this week. It'll be Mitch versus Bailey Zappi. Uh, Mitch did say, I think I just no matter no matter what, he's going to be aggressive. I love hearing that because I think we have enough playmakers to be aggressive. Um, Definitely more at, than the Patriots. Yeah, at this stage of my life as a Steelers fan in this season, it's a fuck it ball. You, you know, fuck it, we ball. Let's just fucking go out there and have fun, bro. Um, I'm also really? gonna take the Steelers. I don't know if we cover, bro. This could be a field goal fest. No cap. I'm I'm leaning under here, and it's thirty and a half. This is the lowest <laughs> under over under I've seen in a long. I can time. see like twelve versus three. Twelve. Yeah. Like twelve to six. Twelve to nine. It's gonna be a field goal fest, like you yeah. said. Like I said, the Patriots over the last four weeks have allowed the least amount of points out of any team, mm -hmm. and it's not like they've been playing like horrid teams so the Steelers already having a struggle on offense it's going to be tough sledding but I'm still picking the Steelers at home this game goes to the home team I'm picking the Steelers <laughs> um, ultimately I think the Steelers are the better football team talent wise I'm also going that way so that's where I lie in this one hopefully the Patriots pull the upset I don't see it happening and I'm not picking my bias so Steelers all the way on this one. Oh, God, man. This game is not much better. The first 1 o'clock game, the Buccaneers at the Falcons. I've seen this before. I've picked against it before. I'm going Falcons because for whatever reason against the bad teams, they find ways to win at home, and that's where I'm going to pick. This is a trash game, bro. <laughs> you pick the Falcons? Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. Because I just want the Falcons to be better. Uh, the uh, like, uh, they but ultimately, like, I wouldn't be upset with the Falcons making the playoffs because some bad team is making the playoffs from the NFC South. It's just making it easier for I've the accepted NFC it. Team. Yeah, I've accepted it. It is what it is. Uh, I'm going to pick the Buccaneers on this one. Um, I do think that they maybe they have some momentum. I hope. Um, I don't know, bro. I just want the Falcons to lose. I'm be honest with you. This game, I mean, this game is ass. <laughs> Ultimately, there's no reason to pick the Bucks, but I wish I could. They're two and four away in away games. The Falcons are a good home team. 
I just don't see the Buccaneers. Both of these QBs will be delivering DoorDash next year. Um, so this is a this is a late game turnover by Baker type of game. Falcons defense is good. Look out for Jesse Bates. Uh, let's go, Jesse Bates. Yeah, I know. I sound like I'm on the fucking Sunday Night Football career here. Uh, like a real analyst for once. Uh, let's go to the Lions at the Bears. Man, I know the Bears almost beat the Lions at home, but this feels like a trap to pick the Bears. The Lions might wallop the Bears in this game. Yeah, it's definitely not a trap. I don't know. You just you're no a trap like a reverse trap in a way. Oh, I was about to say like I know like hatred can't be that bad. No, no, no. Like like the Lions have been struggling for the past five weeks. The Bears came close at the Lions. Like it really just like to me, it's like go the other way of the feeling. So I'm picking the Lions on this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna pick the Lions on this. What's what's the spread? I do think they. The Lions are favored by three and a half. So, yeah. Oh, my that's God. A, that's not a lot. Holy shit. No. That shows you what Vegas thinks about the Lions. Right? Oh, man. That's nasty. Uh, I think they cover, though. Like I said, I'm being, I'm being smart about this. I'm shout out the Lions. I picked the Lions last week. They almost, they almost fucked it up. They but almost fucked it up. What the Lions have been able to do is beat bad teams in bad situations. Like... Close games. They've been yeah. able to beat them in close games. So I'm going to. Oh. You're going to what? I'm going to hope the Lions still continue to do that and get to 10. Gotcha. Uh, before the next game, go ahead and read, read what our, what were our uh, record last week. Uh, our records, I was 11 and 2, and I was perfect until the night games. I was perfect <laughs> until the Chiefs played. Yep. Um, 11 and 2, you went 8 and 5. I beat you in all the games decided that we chose different. That was the difference in the game. So, yeah. Good week for me. The Chiefs and Jags let me down. But it is what it is. I could have been perfect on the day. Realistically, you you should have been perfect. Yeah. The favorites let me down in the late window. I should have bet money, real money, on the 1 o'clock window. Hell, even all the way through the 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock, I was about to say. Parlay. If you would have round-robined all 13, you would have made some cash, bro. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think either of us have ever been perfect through the one o'clock window. That was the first time all year. Nope. We've always at least missed because usually our our teams are playing in the one o'clock window. Yeah, we both have had stretches of like win, 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 but it's been like a like the last one o'clock window to the eight o'clock window Sunday night. It has Mm -hmm. never been like all one window. So yeah, that's pretty solid. Should have bet money. Should have fucking bet money. So you're up five now, right? Yeah, I am up five. No. Three. You're up three on me? I mean, overall. Yeah, that doesn't make sense, does it? You should be up five. You're up two, and then you just won three. Yeah, so I'm up five. Maybe I did the count wrong. Shocker. Yeah, I'm going to have to redo that before we post the picks. Should be up five. Should be up five, I believe. Well, I'll add that up later. But yeah, five, if I'll trust you on that one. 
Because I have it as three right now, but yeah, I was definitely still up. Yeah, you're up two before last week, and then you won three. So that's why I'm five. I'm yeah, you're right. The losses are right on this, but the wins aren't. So gotcha. I have to fix that. But yeah, you have 75 losses, I have 70. So there's something not adding up there. Um, Let's go to the next game. The Colts at the Bengals. God, this is a hard game to pick. Mm-hmm. The Colts are favored by one, actually. This game is tough. This game is tough. I'm not going to overreact to Jake Browning. True. I'm going to replicate another 300-plus yard game. Just like last week, I I need the Bengals to win this game for... Seeding purposes. You better hope you can beat the fucking Jags. Yes. Well, that's the next game we'll talk about. But ultimately, it would be nice to see the Colts drop a game. Are you going to pick with your heart again? I am not. I'm going to pick the Colts (laughs) because I think they are the better team as of right now. But I would like to see the Bengals win this game. Just like last week, I thought the Titans could compete. I needed the Titans to win. But I'm going to pick the Colts because they somehow seem to beat and win close. They somehow figure that out. So I'm going to go Colts on this one. Uh, I'm also going to go Colts on this one. Uh, I do think they have some nice momentum. They have something to play for. don't know necessarily if the Bengals want to win or lose, um, but the Colts definitely want to win and get into the playoffs. Obviously, every team wants to win, but um, realistically, always there's always some organizations or whatnot wanting to tank or lose for a better draft pick. But I do think the Colts are the better team, uh, better coach, um, and I do think they'll win. Probably uh, like a, a Matt Gay game-winning field goal. All right, let's go to the Jaguars at the Browns. Um, the Browns are three-point favorites. The over-under is 30-and-a-half, just like the Steelers game. Nasty. And that shows you that Trevor probably isn't playing. Uh-huh. I was heavy. Jags probably win this game with Trevor Lawrence. Now I am heavy Browns win this game. Um, I really do think our defense is night and day difference. When they play at home, they are the best defense in football. When they play away, they're a bottom five defense, which is crazy to even think about. But the real difference in this game to me is the weather. It's supposed to be 30-mile-per-hour winds on Sunday, raining. And without Trevor Lawrence, I don't know how they're going to be able to navigate that. And with the defense that the Browns have, we're getting Denzel Ward back, Cam Mitchell's back off IR. I think it makes a world of difference, and I think the Browns probably end up winning this game close. Our backup's better than, I think Flacco and DTR are better than C.J. Beathard, so I think that's where it comes down. Oh, man, I want to be wrong. This is, I will say, this is a must-win game for the Browns. If they lose this, this game to C.J. Beathard at home in an AFC North type of weather game, it's over. The season's over for the Browns. I'm calling it right now. This is a must win. Uh, Go ahead and pick the Jags. 
<laughs> I'm not gonna. Uh, man, it's so tempting now. But if you wouldn't have said anything about the weather, I'm picking the Jags. But this is pure Browns weather. And AFC North, baby. Flacco's gonna thrive. Flacco, Flacco has as he's built for this. Um, we're also gonna go with the Browns here. I do think it's gonna be a nasty game. Um, man, it, it just depends on who gets the run game going. And I think the Browns have a better run game. I think the Jags have a better running back, but I think the Browns have a better running game. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm going to go Browns here. I might be one of the first time I've ever picked the Browns. To no, I think you picked the Browns a decent amount of games. Yuck. You picked them against the Colts. You no, you picked the Bengals week one. I'm kind of surprised at that since you're a Bengals hater. That's interesting. Well, you you picked the Titans against us. What were you thinking? <laughs> I told you I don't. I rarely pick the Browns. Pick the Ravens. Yeah, you're right. Huh? Y'all suck. <laughs> It's tough. I mean, we both picked the 49ers. Yeah, that's weird. I just remember the Colts game for some reason. All right, let's go to the Panthers at the Saints. I'm not even going to talk about this game. If the Saints lose this game, it's over. It's over. It's over. Uh, Nothing else to say. They can't lose this game. You yeah. can't lose to the Panthers this late in the year and expect to go anywhere in life. Uh, damn, he didn't even say playoff. He just said life. Life and they're uh, in hell next year too with the cap. Like they're oh, actually yeah. a cap situation where the majority of people can say it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's this. I feel like they're always just in the worst cap spots ever, bro. Uh, I'm also going to pick the Saints on this one. I think they should start Jameis Winston and see what kind of juice that they have for further in the season. Um, and uh, yeah, I picked the Saints. It's just going to be continue to be hell for the Panthers. All right, let's go to the Texans at the Jets. Texans are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 33-and-a-half. And I'm picking the Texans, but I think this will be a lot closer than people think. The Texans without Tank Dell are not the same on offense, so I think the defense will kind of have its way with C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Um, but I think they, they, they get the win somehow. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm also going to pick the Texans. Uh, could potentially, I mean, C.J. Stroud hasn't been perfect in every single game. Uh, he has had games where he's thrown multiple picks. Uh, I think it's all going to just depend on field position uh, for both teams. I am going to pick the Texans on this, but I could see the Jets winning. I could see the Jets reason. winning. It's just like everything seems so down and bleak. Zach didn't even want to play, and they fucking wind up beating the Texans. We need the Texans to lose, but I'd rather I'd rather play the Colts in the playoffs than to play the Texans. But I mean, if that was to happen, we'd have to end up further in the playoffs. But still, Texans out of the playoffs is a lot easier for me than Texans in it. Yeah. All right, let's go to the Rams at the Ravens. Man, this is tough for agenda because this is just a bad game to walk into for the Rams after a three-game win streak. Yep. Um, one o'clock game on the East Coast for the Rams. 
with a defense that can get after the QB. Rams get cooked in this game. The Ravens are winning this game. That's crazy. Fairly easily. The line is seven. Oh, my God. Listen, West Coast teams don't come to the East Coast and play physical teams well. And the O-line, the Ravens have enough unique packages to rush the QB where that the Rams are going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Like, Matt Stafford's going to have no time in this game. I will be genuinely surprised if this game is close. Damn. Your agenda's cooked. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick the Ravens as well. Uh, I do think. I, do, I think this is going to be one of the quicker games. If the Ravens do get up ahead, they're just going to run the clock out, which they have every piece on their offense to be able to do that. Um, they could, like you said, they could overwhelm Matt Stafford, and I think it could potentially be hell. Um, so yeah, I got I got the Ravens adding another win to their column. All right, let's go to the Vikings at the Raiders. Vikings are three point favorites, and I'm going Raiders. First of the four o'clock games, you're going Raiders. God, I'm damn. going Raiders. This is for your Packers agenda, bro. You are disgusting. Well. I, I ultimately I think the Josh Dobbs magic is over. I think the Raiders have um I don't know. I just feel like the Raiders are gonna control the game for absolutely no reason. <laughs> I have a weird feeling about this game. Yeah, I mean I'm still I'm I mean I'm giving you shit, but I'm still I'm also picking the Raiders. Um I thought you were gonna go Dobbs. No, the Ra- Raiders at home, they just they just get more nastier than they already are. Um, I need. Uh, I do have slight um, love in this game. I do need a big Josh Jacobs game. I think we both do. Uh, if you're playing Josh Jacobs, um, I do think that they can get it going. I think they're just going to lean on the run game, um, keep the ball. Uh, same thing as I said with the Ravens and Rams. Um, this game could be over fast in terms of time, not necessarily who's winning and who's losing. Uh, I do think it'll be a low-scoring game, but I do think the Raiders will get the win on this one at home. Um, Let's go to... Man, this is bad for your agenda. So it actually helps my agenda with the Rams. The Seahawks go to the 49ers. Uh, The 49ers are 10.5-point favorites. So it looks like as long as the Rams are 6-7, and the Seahawks will be 6-7. and I'm picking the 49ers in this game. Easily, yeah, I'm gonna pick the 49ers as well. Um, I do think, and do you think the Seahawks score more points than the Eagles or not? Uh, no, man, that's nasty. Having six straight scoring possessions like touchdown possessions is unheard of. I think the Eagles, I think the 49ers, but maybe this game is a little bit closer than I'm saying because the 49ers are coming off a high and they put all their effort in beating the Eagles' ass because they legit. You could tell they legit thought if Purdy never got hurt, they probably would have won that game last year. So they, I, they, I think it too. Yeah, so they stood on business. They wanted to whoop the Eagles' ass and show that they're that much better than them. But in doing that, it's not often that you beat a team by 30 and then you show up the next week and have the same type of energy level, right? Yeah. Plus, this is a team they've owned in the Shanahan era. They might come out a little flat. 
Yeah, I do think uh, the first couple drives should be interesting. But ultimately, I think the 49ers could cover on this and win by double digits. All right, we got the Bills at the Chiefs. Man, this is a tough one. Uh, let me see. Chiefs really haven't been great at home. They lost to the Lions. They lost to the Eagles. Man, we've only differed on one. Yeah. You know where I'm going. Bills. I'm going Bills. This is this is the start to their comeback to get into the playoffs, catching a reeling Chiefs off of embarrassing loss to Jordan Love. Um, I do think Bills with the let me make sure I wasn't tripping. Yep, with the bye and the added rest uh, to their players. Um, I know a lot of them have had nicks and um, a lot of injuries. Um, we'll have to see how they come out and how they are. No Von Miller, which, I mean, he wasn't an addition anyway to the team. Um, he's been mid, 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 and non-existent. But I do think the Bills um, beat the Chiefs, and I think – there might be some serious conversations on the Chiefs in the rest of their season. Um, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. I'm probably never going to pick against the Chiefs. <laughs> unless I have a good feeling that they're going to lose. I don't have a good feeling that they're going to lose. The Bills haven't been able to beat Pat Mahomes. Josh Allen hasn't been able to beat him. Uh, I guess on the regular season he has. This is a pick'em, in my opinion. Both teams have something to play for. The Chiefs need to keep pace with the one seed. The Bills need to get back into the playoff talks. So, it's a big game all around. This could turn the season around for both of these teams. But I'm going to go Chiefs on this one. Uh, let's go to the Broncos at the Chargers. Man. It's hard to pick the Chargers after watching that Patriots game. Six points. This is the one game I'm picking with my bias. I need the Broncos to lose for the Browns' sake. I'm going to go Chargers on this one. Oh, man. Nasty, nasty pick right there. But who's the favorite? Yeah, the Chargers are three-point favorites. If, I, if the Chargers lose... Basically, that's just showing that the home the home team is the favorite in this game. If the Chargers lose... Say the Chargers lose convincingly. Do you fire Brandon Staley? Yeah. Yeah, you do. I mean, this isn't a team... Lose the, team the, the season's over, right? Yeah, this is a team you cannot afford to get blown out by, or convincingly, I guess, two touchdowns. Two scores. This is a team you should be able to beat. Mm. I'm going to pick the Broncos in this one. Just, just the absolute embarrassment that the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Chiefs, the Chargers that have been uh, that they've been putting out the past couple of weeks has been utterly disappointing. Um, and I think the Broncos will be able to capitalize on. Just the disappointment, and it just it just feels like a lack of effort um, from the Chargers from top to bottom, besides Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert. Um, I do think that this will be the uh, 
what is it? Is a straw or whatever that breaks the camel's back? And I do think the Broncos win by like six or more points. And I think that it, the defense will hold the Chargers enough where it's embarrassing and Brandon Staley gets fired. What she needs to be. Yeah, that's nasty. So you're picking the, the Broncos? Picking the Broncos. All right, let's go to the probably highlight of the weekend, the Eagles at the Cowboys. Mm. I'm picking the Cowboys. <laughs> they split every year with the Eagles. The home-and-home home team wins. The only thing that makes me think the Eagles could win is because they did just get embarrassed, and they are not going to want to lose two games in a row because, like I said, if they lose this game, the 49ers have the fast track to the one seed. What's the uh, spread? Spread is the Cowboys by three and a half. Mm, that half. <sighs> Eagles coming in the Jerry world. Oh, man. I didn't like how the Eagles won the first game against the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. I thought I thought they got outplayed. Just like the Bills outplayed the Eagles, too. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Cowboys as well. Um, I mean, Dak, the way he's playing against the secondary, I just don't see a win from the Eagles here. Yeah. Um, I don't think that Shaq is going to be acclimated enough to be like a huge force in this game. Uh, I still have concerns about his play and his health anyways. Uh, I do think that I think it, it's going to be close, but it wouldn't surprise me if it got a little bit out of hand at the end. Uh, maybe, like, the Eagles are up by nine, and, I mean, the Cowboys are up by nine, and the Eagles make, like, a uh, last-second touchdown or something, so it looks better. The total score looks better than what it was. Um, but I do think the Cowboys have a really good advantage at um, taking apart the weaknesses of the Eagles' defense. As long as you give the quarterback, like, good enough time, I think that the that Dak will be able to tear up this defense. All right, let's go to first Monday night game. There's two Monday night games this week. Titans mm -hmm. at the Dolphins. Dolphins are 13-point favorites. The Titans are a horrendous away team. I'm picking the Dolphins in this one. I'm also going to pick the Dolphins. How are we going to do? Are we going to do two parlays? Are you getting a two parlayer from DWC? We are going to combine them. Are we going to combine? It's oh, going to get nasty. Yeah, we're going to combine them. We're going to make a two-leg, two-game, two-leg parlay. That's Same game parlay plus. Yeah, so. So, mo so just to let y'all know, this will mostly be a Dolphins and Packers parlay. Yeah, I will not be putting Giants in my parlay. No cap. Um, I yeah, can see I'm this gonna... game being a slow start for the yeah. Dolphins. Um, Titans are a sloppy team to play. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go Dolphins as well. Um, I could see like, oh shit, like Titans kind of holding up the Dolphins, and then by the end of the game, it's thirty-five to fucking thirteen. I could totally see it being like a slow burn, and then all of a sudden, big Tyreek player, a big play happens for the Dolphins, and then it's just downhill from there. Yeah, and the Titans like, oh, we lost. Yeah, 
why'd they put this at the same time? 815 for both games. Yeah. What the fuck? Weird. Weird. Uh let's go to yeah, the last they're game. Featuring, they're featuring the doubleheader YouTube TV bullshit, bruh. Gross. Uh the Packers at the Giants. The Packers are six and a half point favorites. So if they were at home, they would be ten point favorites against the Giants. Nasty. This game. I don't think will be as easy as people think it will be for the Packers. I do mm-hmm. think they win, but I think it's close. Yeah, uh, I'm also going to pick the Packers. Um, the Giants, the Giants play. The Giants are nasty, and they'll get after it. Um, not they necessarily won't win, but if they smell blood in the water, they're st- they're still going to fuck you up. Um, but I do think that Jordan Love won't have as much time as he did throwing the ball because of like the Giants. I think the Giants, unlike the Chiefs, I think the Giants have nothing to lose from what I've been watching them. So they sent a lot of like crazy ass blitzes and stunts to try to get the quarterback off rhythm. Um, I think this will be a very like Jordan Love game. Um, I do think they'll be able to stop the run. So I'm gonna I'm still gonna go Packers, but this is like I think this is good for Jordan Love's growth. That was it. Man. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have the nasty parlay for Thursday night tomorrow. You know, we do this for you guys. We don't wanna do this. This game is not a game I'm gonna be happy thinking of what to add. But we're going to do it for you guys. We're going to do the Sunday night. Sunday night should be fun. Hopefully, same thing as Seahawks and Cowboys. Hopefully, it's a shootout so everybody can hit. And then we will be combining our Monday nights. Uh, we're going to do a same game parlay plus. And all this stuff is through Fandle. And we'll be doing that for you guys. So make sure you guys listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, like I said previously, season three, we will be live stream on YouTube. So uh, I think we already have. If not, then we're going to make a YouTube. So we'll be able to do that. Um, we will be tweeting on when the episode drops and the parlays and our power rankings. Uh, I will be tweeting out the power rankings from four weeks ago to the power rankings now. So you guys can kind of see where we're, where our headspace at and where why people jumped and whatnot but that will all get put out tomorrow for the game same thing as the parlay stuff so um like i said earlier listen to us spotify apple podcast thanks everybody that stayed with us through this episode and next episode we'll be getting into same kind of stuff uh recapping picks and contracts we'll be talking about contracts on if they are good or if they are bad um it'll be very interesting to see because there's a lot of contracts there's a lot of contracts that people don't really know about and we'll be seeing if people are playing up to their contracts so like i said before thanks again guys for listening and we are out peace